Hey guys, it's Britley with Britley Photography and your host of Excelsior. If you like my podcast and you like what I do, please consider becoming a member so I can continue sharing stories of artists and entrepreneurs. As a, as a member on my Patreon, there are different tiers and you can get gifts from the podcast guests. You can see the podcast guest list ahead of time and ask questions. Um, I will be asking you and you will also get other things like gift cards to restaurants and tickets to art shows that I'll be hosting once a month. So again, check out my Patreon and even just a dollar a month to $20 a month, you'd be helping me continue doing my podcast and sharing stories of artists and entrepreneurs. Thank you again for listening to my podcast, Excelsior. Hi, Eric. Hey, Britley. How's it going? It's going great. Good. <clears throat> I'm here with Eric Hillman, and he is... A photo, uh, former photo assistant back in the 90s, yeah. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> thank, thank, thank. Uh, you just say that because, you know. <laughs> no, um, yeah, so you've been a former photo assistant mm-hmm. in the 90s and, and also a photographer yourself, right? I did some jobs. Um, it didn't really pay the bills. I, sure. I did some jobs here and there. Uh, I had the gear, um, but uh, after 11 years of doing it as a photo assistant, I realized it, it became a reality that probably wasn't going to make money uh, much money doing this yeah. this profession doing you know doing unless I wanted to do weddings or uh, portraits that's that can be pretty lucrative but yeah. um, uh, commercial photography was just going downhill every year as while I was witnessing this I mean every Saturday I'd get like a, a studio sale in the in the mail and there'd be some person I know that was selling all their gear and mm-hmm. going through a, but what year was that <clears throat> that's like a little later on right at the end of no, it was pretty much through the whole decade of the 90s. Yeah. You know. Oh, gosh. So what... Okay, so let's let's start from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you you decided you wanted to be... Like, was it a photographer or did you just oh, want to yeah. work as a photo assistant or... <laughs> I, I wanted to be a photographer in the worst way um, ever since I was... You know, nine years old. Yeah. You know, wanted to be a photographer. What, um, what got you into it at nine years old? National Geographic. Uh, cool. It was my only outlet to the outside world, I swear. I mean, <laughs> growing up, I mean, <clears throat> parochial schools surrounded by cornfields. Yeah. You know, and we had National Geographic magazines as a outlet to the outside world, you know? It you was were just a like, small town guy. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it got any smaller. <laughs> Where was it again? Uh, by Fairfax. Minnesota. Fairfax, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, northwest of New Ulm. I use New Ulm as an anchor city just so people get a reference for where I came from. Yeah. Uh, old people always know where Fairfax is, but people my age and younger don't. So. Yeah. 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 Um, I always see signs for it on the highway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah, New Ulm, Fairfax. Yeah. But so I, I wanted to go into photography, and then when I was 18, I, I headed for Wilmer right away, and I just want to take up i was gonna you know go to one of those fancy schools in new york city or chicago but mm-hmm. just couldn't afford it so um <clears throat> went to wilmer tech to take a photography there was a year-long waiting list so i took a, a just a one-year program in marketing and finished that while i was waiting to get into photography so then i just took that 
took that course and cool because that was my goal i wanted to get into commercial photography in the worst way so yeah, yeah. Well, so you say the worst way like 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 what do you mean by the worst way well i was very passionate about it and i you yeah. know it was something i wanted to get into and oops i'm sorry that was my... that's okay you... um, <laughs> no big deal uh, i just you know it's something i wanted to get into you know the lights the camera the yeah. you know, capturing stuff and um <clears throat> little did i know that i was you know i was i was looking at these national geographic magazines and it was just like there were the there was this was all photographed by uh oh god now i can't think of his name um um famous photographer out of minnesota the national national geographic photographer uh yeah i can't think of it either i know what you're talking about because uh, right here in about Edina. It. yeah um um um, um jim brandberg Yes. So, you know, local guy. Yeah. Biggest photographer ever to work for National Geographic. Yeah. And um, and just so happened, I mean, I met a son at a bar at Maeslax one time, and it just, like, I couldn't believe I was talking to Jim Brandenburg's son. And so it was like, I just had a million questions for him. So, yeah. 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 So I wanted to. Wait, did, did you get to ask him questions, or did yeah. you? You did? Well, yeah, it was his son, though. Yeah. I mean, it, wasn't, it wasn't Jim, but, you yeah. know. Did his son yeah. love it, though, or? Did he have a lot of insight? I, yeah, I, he had. I, he did. And I, to be honest, I think he just hung out with me because he wanted me to buy him a free, free beer. But, <laughs> well, to be honest. But it worked, right? Yeah, it, it was fun. Yeah. Y'all had fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. I yeah. love it, though. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so, so spent some time in Wilmer and then um, went to Duluth and worked at a, a lab and was printing, like, wedding packages and stuff like that. And, yeah. And uh, <clears throat> worked for Duluth Camera Exchange and True North Labs, and mm-hmm. and then came to the cities and <clears throat> I was I was so broke. I mean, I had t- I literally had twenty dollars. That's all I had. <laughs> I came to the city and I worked for Dom. Uh, you know, I was working for Domino's mm-hmm. Pizza in college days. Yeah. So, I mean, because you as a college person, you always got a job besides school, right? Right. So I was like, okay, well, I gotta resort back to Domino's Pizza again, and because um, I had no money, mm-hmm. and I moved in with my sister in Coon Rapids, and and then um, <clears throat> I went to the local Domino's Pizza that night after I got moved in, because it took me three hours to move in, you know, yeah, to move from Duluth to Minneapolis, and, and yeah. Then, <laughs> Well, so I mean, yeah. well, it took it took two hours of drive and a half hour to move in. Cause oh, because <laughs> you didn't have a whole lot of stuff. No. Yeah. I had a Ford Escort and a pickup truck, and my brother helped me out. So, um, and well, my brother's pickup truck, not mine. But anyways, <laughs> um, so I went to Domino's Pizza that night. And I swear to God, as soon as I was done, finished signing my name at the, at the end of the application, they were like, "Can you work tonight?" What then, at the um, oh at Domino's at the Domino's because yeah, they needed people <laughs> and I worked that night awesome and I just and I kept working there until I got going at mm-hmm. photo assisting in in the big city of Minneapolis so yeah so it was a that was my fallback until I got going yeah in, in photo assisting so yeah so um, but yeah it was it was fun interesting meeting lots of people and seeing lots of cool properties and. You know, West Minneapolis, South Minneapolis, and St. Louis Park. You know, this was my area. Oh, I, right here. I was delivering right here. Yeah, and then, um, <clears throat> I mean, I delivered at, like, 10 different stores in the Twin Cities. So, mm-hmm. sure, I was always, like, wondering, like, how do you always know where you're driving? <laughs> you know, so I was like, well, well, I well was, delivery I was, guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? 
So it is helpful, especially if you move to a new city. Just become a delivery mm -hmm. driver. Yep. <laughs> I love Oops, sorry. <laughs> That's a great ringtone. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah. Um, I can know, I pause for a second? Oh yeah, sure. Okay, sorry. I'm gonna pause. Do you wanna wrong. adjust? I feel like I feel like this is an uncomfortable position for you. Do you feel uncomfortable? No. Okay, good. Okay, that's all. I just want to make sure I'm okay. we pause. Okay. Yeah. We're good? Okay. Yeah. You're so tall. Oh, not really. Sorry. Maybe I'm just short. I no. won't touch the table anymore. No, you're fine. I just pause. I just want to make sure no. we're all good because this this yep. setup is not like ideal. Yep. <laughs> but okay, so let's continue. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. So so you became a delivery driver. Yeah. And then when did you get your first job at a studio? There was a place. Um. I found this. There was this guy who. Steve. I can't remember his last name, but. Steve was a photo assistant too, and he was mm -hmm. from Wilmer Tech, and we both went to photography school together. Yeah. And I'm and I and I was able to get his name, his number, and um, I was like, oh, you're doing photo assisting? Yeah, I'm trying to get into that. Can we meet? So we met for coffee and we talked and yeah. like, how do you how do you do this and what 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 do I need to do and what is uh, what's the and when I you know what do you do at your job and mm -hmm. and and what do you like about it? What do you dislike? What, how do I get going? You know, just really picked his brain. <clears throat> and do you then, um, still know Steve? Do he actually Steve? passed away. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, he passed Best away at a rather peace. young age. I don't know what. Oh. Yeah, I'm just kind of sad. Sorry. Um, yeah. I didn't. I didn't get to know him. We weren't really that close. Uh, yeah. But, um, but I just heard from a friend of a friend that he passed away. So. Um, oh. But anyways, uh, so. He, but he worked at a lot of studios, and he he'd send out flyers and yeah. just to keep people. Just to keep people knowing that he's still out there and still doing it, and mm -hmm. just to advertise and stuff. But anyways, um, so I got my first, very first job ever. It was a place called Richard Scales Advertising in St. Paul or something like that. And at the end of the job, it was for Wagner paint sprayers. Mm -hmm. And um, at the end of the job, they they, I was like, you know, you know, I was really excited. And I was like, because I wanted to keep going at this because if. You know, you make a lot of money and buy some photo gear, right? And, mm -hmm. and um, which is expensive, <laughs> as you know. Yeah, I know. Right, and um, at the end of the job, I go, "How did I do?" And they, they go, "Not so well." No, I'm afraid we're not going to ever call you back again. Mm. And I go, "What? What gives?" And well, there was a power cord in the photo shoot, and and um, you didn't say anything. So we're gonna blame we're gonna blame you for it. What? Yeah. The photo assistant. Yes. You're, On your you're, first day. You're always at fault for everything. What? Because yes. what? Yes. Ugh. I'm just gonna turn my volume down. Um, sorry, turn my volume down. But yeah, so I was just like, that was my first first job ever. And then I got um. And then I got another. I got um. I got another job. Just to make ends meet and pay the bills, I was working graveyard shift at Rainbow Foods. I was working stocking shelves, mm -hmm. and just just putting all the stuff in the shelves and all this stuff. And so I was working Domino's Pizza from five until midnight, and then midnight until seven in the morning mm -hmm. at Rainbow Foods. And then I got this call from Fingerhut saying, "Yeah, we want to have you come in and and work for a day, yeah, for one day." You know, eighty bucks a day was your day was a day rate. Oh. And um, 
Well, it was, wasn't bad money then, but uh, it was actually pretty decent money. What is one day? Nine to five? Uh, it was seven to three. Seven to three. Okay. At that, well, they're corporate, so they're a little different. They're only eight hours there. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I went into the studio, and of course, this is after I you know, met with them, did an interview, show my portfolio and that kind of stuff. And then, then they called you back. Like they called me back like a week later. And I was like, yeah, I'm coming in. Yeah, no problem. And it was like yeah. on a, on a Monday. Well, prior to that, I didn't want to lose my other jobs. Yeah. You know, so Cause you didn't know, I didn't know what this finger thing would pan out, but I was, but I didn't want to turn it down. And mm-hmm. so, um, so I kept the, the rainbow food thing and I kept the Donald's pizza thing. And, and so as a idiot, you know, mm-hmm. I was working, all night at Domino's, and then and then at midnight from seven and midnight until seven in the morning, I worked at Rainbow, and then I drove to Plymouth. They're right across from like the Carlson buildings there in Fingerhut Studio. I come in and um, start working, and I, I like I was like downing coffee just to <laughs> just to keep awake. Yeah. And then I'm working on with this guy named Jim Full. I never forget his name. He was a little weird, <laughs> and. Um, I fell asleep on the on an Apple box. <laughs> I was on an Apple box, sitting on an Apple box, and then if, for those who don't know what Apple box is, it's kind of like a like a wooden crate. It's like you know two feet by half a foot by half a foot, whatever. And I'm sitting on the thing, and I, and my back is against the steel post, and I fell asleep for <laughs> it's like six hours for the rest of the day. Oh my gosh! And my first day <laughs> in the job, and I was a job that I was like so excited to take. You yeah. Know? And then um. At the end of the day, I talked to Tim, who he was the lead photo assistant, which yeah. doesn't exist in most studios because it's, I mean, it's, 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 finger out, it's a huge studio. Yeah. It was, it was a huge studio. And, um, and I was just like so apologetic and so like, Tim, I don't know what to say. I, I've got these other jobs. I didn't want to quit him because I didn't know if this would pan out, but yeah. I was, but I didn't want to turn you down either. And then I came in and, I fell asleep. I'm sorry. I, I couldn't stay awake. I tried my darndest to stay awake, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, and he's a really quiet guy. He, he Tim, he'll bar- barely say more than two words at a time. And he's <laughs> just, just a quiet kind of guy. Yeah. And, uh, and he responded by saying, what do you do in the next three weeks? And I go, well, working for you. I mean, I'm going to come here. I'm going to work yeah. here. And he, and he did. He hired me for three weeks and then it was like months and months and months. And then, so, so I, kind of falling asleep was kind of, did you a favor? Yeah. Cause they're like, why are you so tired? <laughs> uh, I don't know. about that. <laughs> Maybe not. And then, um, Patrick, I remember his name. I don't know why I remember his name, but Patrick Casey was a photo stylist. And, yeah. um, he took this the sign from the model changing room. The models had this changing room. The sign said, do not disturb. It yeah. had a piece of yarn over it on a cardboard sign. And I remember they put it over my head. <laughs> and I woke up and there's a sign around my head, you know, on the first day of the job. Yeah. And, I, and I had do not disturb sign over my head. So. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. And that was like the beginning of a long career too. Yeah. 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 And I worked, we, but, but I had a really great, I mean, that night I went, I, first thing I did was I quit, the rainbow job and I, I just went part-time with with uh, dominoes just because because you have slow spells with yeah the photography um and um what i did was i just i quit that rainbow job and i i got like 14 hours of sleep and next day was fine and mm-hmm. i had a really long you know relationship with finger out studios until they pulled the plug and, and well 
before that, before they laid off that studio. So, but it was a, uh, it was good. Yeah, it was it was interesting. Play it was a sixty thousand square foot studio. Yeah. I mean, you walk in and you feel like you're going into a thunderstorm because there's flashes going off everywhere. Oh, cool. Yeah. Now, where was Finger Hut? It was right at Carlson Parkway in 494. Okay. And um, it was the largest photo studio in the Twin Cities. Mm -hmm. And they had, at any given time, they've had close to 100 people working there. And, I mean, there was photo stylists. They had their own... Um, they had their own assembly room. They had their own set design building shop. Whoa. They had their own uh, uh, styling area where they would, you know, fluff the pillows or, you know, iron a, a jacket or, yeah. you, know, you know, prep, style prep area. They had a cove that was, <clears throat> you know, a cove like your white seamless there. Um, but it was mm -hmm. a, the wall cove. It was, man, it had, it had to be 50 feet wide. Wow. I mean, it was big. I mean, it was a Crazy. big studio. Yeah, it was intimidating. It was really just, it was quite the experience. <clears throat> cool. How long were you there with them? Years. Um, on and off for years. I mean, they would hire me for like three months and then off for four months or whatever. They sure. had that silly law that took an, an effect where they can't hire a contractor for more than 700 hours or something like that. Oh, then really? They, then they have to lay you off again. Which And then, they, and then, and then all these... Uh, temp agencies came out of the woodwork right because mm -hmm. you know they had to have a third party to keep you at these places for a long time so yeah oh crazy yeah that's why all these temp agencies exist because that stupid state law what yeah i didn't there, know that before before 92 there was maybe one temp agency it was dolphin staffing or something like that or there there's or there was a um man manpower uh-huh Two of them. Now there is uh, you know, hundreds, time. hundreds, because what they, you know, what they do, they just, they just, uh, they act as the um, the middle person. So it's like you don't technically work for the studio; you work for the or, temp. or you work for the temp agency. But but in those days, you you didn't need a an agency. You just you just worked there, and you would just do your thousand hours or seven hundred fifty mm -hmm. hours, and then you get laid off, and then you'd come back months later. So so whatever. then how? Okay, so maybe I'm. Like I'm not aware of all this, but how do so? How are taxes then? Are you like an independent contractor? Then? Well, well, um, it depended on the place you worked. So sometimes you were 1099, sometimes you were W two. Okay. And I got really savvy with the tax system because my sister was a CPA. Mm -hmm. So um, that's nice. Yeah. So I knew how to tax deduct a lot of things and yeah. Everything photography related, uh, I kept track of all my miles. I kept track of. Nice. See, so you were on it. So you oh, didn't have to pay in a bunch of money that you didn't have. Oh, I had a three ring binder. I journalized every oh. dime. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, I kept track of a lot of stuff. That's good. So, and in those days, you could tax deduct. I'm like, I don't know, this year is a whole different ballgame. Well, lately, it's been a lot different. So, yeah. yeah. Do you did you have like friends that were also photo assistants at other places yeah. that you guys could like get together and like bitch about like yeah. <laughs> your work days and like what you have to do or, or were there yeah. multiple photo assistants at the studios? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, at Fingerhut, there was like there was like uh, 
Uh, there's about 15 of us, you know, that, mm-hmm. of the of the of the group. There was photo assistants, there was stylists, there was photographers, set designers, mm-hmm. art directors, and um, but the photo assistants were kind of, were kind of like the we were the we yeah we we got to know each other pretty well. And we we'd hang out, you know, and yeah. uh, just just kind of like talk about experiences at other places, and so yeah. And and now is there because you kind of told me that like once you're a photo assistant it's hard to work your way up to like a photographer or it, it was because um, it was because uh, they you would become branded as like a photo assistant mm-hmm. and I think people had this this m- mental mindset mm-hmm. that you were a photo assistant and it and it was hard for you to for a person to move up to photographer there were people who were coming into minneapolis and saying yeah i'm a, I'm a photographer from chicago or from new york i'm a photographer and, and i'm doing this after a little bit of conversations i'd find out that they were really photo assistants that just tried to ditch their photo assisting brand and get into a different market just to be just to make it as a photographer what yeah they would have to move to a different city just to get just to ditch that photo assisting uh, uh, persona that they were carrying around. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. Did you ever think about doing that? No. No, because you're you liked what you did. Um. I I liked it to an extent. Mm-hmm. I liked it to an extent because it was it was a thing that uh, I keep hearing. I hear like this gym, like mm. this music. In so the we're yeah, we're in a music studio, so oh. there's gonna be bands oh, practicing. Yeah. yeah, I know it gets okay. it trips you out the first time. I was you like, hear it. like, is that me? Or yeah, like <laughs> um, it's I, it's live. <laughs> I tell you what, f- being a photo assistant was a great great experience mm-hmm. for me to expose myself to all these different types of photographers. Mm-hmm architectural photographers fashion photographers product photographers food photographers mm-hmm. people photographers uh you know um photographers who did nothing but take pictures of jewelry you know and yeah i mean or you know anything um executive portraits uh sometimes you meet famous people yeah um and uh but it was um it was really great to like learn a lot about the industry mm-hmm. but it was the only problem was the industry was going in the toilet mm-hmm. you know because in a commercial sense because of a lot of things but um and that's part of the reason i have you on too is because yeah. i was very interested in like y- the time that you worked in the commercial industry in minneapolis was like when it was tr- changing quite a bit like oh yeah 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 well i was just uh i, I was just talking to my friend tom Tom Bear today. Uh, so Tom Bear and I were photo assistants back at, at Finger Out Studio, and that's how we got to meet. And yeah. we actually became roommates, and we, we're still friends today. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was way back in '92 we met. And um, mm-hmm. but Tom Bear and I would, you know, our first morning chore was load up all the film holders. So they're four by five film holders, four by five inch film holders. We had to load in pitch dark. We had a little room, and we'd load up all these film holders. Fun. Like. 300 yeah it was, a, it, was a, it was a blast sarcasm um um but uh um but it was like yeah we load up like 300 film holders yeah and we had to, had to like um 
in the, the dark. But you guys got to you got to stand next to each other while you did that. Yeah, yeah, we just like as far as and, part and as you as yeah, I, yeah, and I are right like now. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of nice because I mean I've done that in the dark by yourself, and it's just kind of like especially in the dark, you're like, this is. What do I do here? Like, yeah. This is weird. My own thoughts, alone in the dark. Yeah. Well, yeah. What was I thinking about? <laughs> I, I, yeah. I was just, I was just thinking about. I just want to get this over with and you know, get out with my. I day. mean, yeah, you probably do it every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just business as usual, but yeah. 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 And then you know, so loading up film holders and we. Oh, and figure out had their own in-house lab, which mm. was. E6 lab, which was, uh, you know, it processed um, transparency film, like the, as you, you, you know, like Kodachrome or, yeah. or Ektachrome. We yeah. had, um, we had Ektachrome or Fuji, whatever, but it was transparency film. Wow. Well, that's, you, everybody did transparency film in those days because um, that was um, how they did the color separations for CMYK. To, to use other film was um, not acceptable. Um, it was uh, to to work with the separators. You had to use transparency film. It was also less forgiving film. Like the latitude on 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 print film is way more forgiving than the latitude on on transparency film. It, you can't if you're off for more than two thirds of a stop. It, you you've either overexposed or underexposed it. Yeah. <sighs> Crazy. Yeah. See, it's like way different now because you don't have to be so precise no digital and no. it's it's a whole different world no well what would what they would do is they would they would do a polaroid mm -hmm. and they would do tests looking at uh, a black and white polaroid and they would they would we, we would head up down we had it down to a science where it's like okay well if the polaroid is looking this good at 125th at 56 um, then we would um, open it up um, just like two-thirds of a stop for the transparency film. Okay. So it was kind of relative. Mm -hmm. Even it was a completely different brand. I mean, it's Polaroid going from Polaroid yeah. to Fujifilm. Is a, you know, but you'd have to do your tests and yeah. you'd have to, you know, do your tests and do your tests, make sure you're confident before you, you know, have that actual job, you know. Right. So, yeah. And, that, and that's where, um, you know, photo systems, you know, they would depending on the photographer, they had a lot of responsibilities, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of technical responsibilities and a lot of, um, you know, day-to-day -day operations and making sure the lights are working and mm -hmm. be Johnny on the spot when something's not working, you know. So you kind of ran around a lot more than even the photographers, right? They, oh, like, my They God. were kind of the kings, like, this is what I need, go do everything. Right. It, well, yeah, I mean, de depending on the photographer. Granted, I worked with every personality under the sun. I can, <laughs> I can guarantee you that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you, you had a lot of, you had a lot of responsibility, mm -hmm. but if you took on a lot of responsibility, you could charge more, you know mm -hmm. I mean? You could, I mean, you, you, for me, it was a means to have control and make more money, you know? I don't mm -hmm. know. So, yeah. I like I, that, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, mm -hmm. um, I thought... Like when I was when I was at Stafford, I was staff photographer, so I was like this, you know, you're kind of like a like a studio manager in a way, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. not just a not just a. You, I mean, you were. I, I was first to arrive every day and last to leave, and wow, you know, you had everything from making sure the filtration was on for the film to clean the toilets at the end of the day. <laughs> you know, oh my gosh, it's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, you did it. You did it all. You did oh everything. Oh, my gosh. You had to fetch lunch. 
I would go to the gym and then I would go to Byerly's and pick up all the breakfast stuff. And I would have coffee and the breakfast spread laid out before 8 a.m. Oh my gosh. Because the clients would show up at 8 a.m. And they would have, you know, it's like, okay, I'm going to have my Danish and, you know, some fruit. And yeah. we're going to watch this photo shoot. And, you know, the art directors, they want to be catered to. Yeah. So. Wow, it's so <laughs> fancy. Like, I always think that's, like, fancy. You come in as, like, you know, the client. Yeah. You're just like, oh, yeah, everything looks great. Oh, okay. Yeah. Over there. Nope. Can we move this? Nope. Yeah. They just sit there eat snacks. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Oh, yeah. 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 But, wow. yeah, it was a... Uh, and then I can remember, I was thinking about, I was thinking, I was racking my brain today about, like, story. I remember towards the end, I would, I'd work a full, like, 10-hour day was kind of typical. I, I mean, at least a 10-hour day. Sure. And then I was going to, to web design school, trying mm-hmm. to, because I saw photography was not the business I wanted to be in, because it was just going to the down the toilet the mm-hmm. way it was going. I mean, it was just like... Mm-hmm. The, the transition was happening, internet and stock photography. All these things were just yeah, change, let's, changing let's, the internet. Can we pause but, there? Wait, really quick? Yeah. So, yeah, uh, unless I'm ruining your story. No, no. Um, yeah, what are the elements that changed? Uh, I think there were I think there were a lot of elements. Um, it started off, one element I thought was, was hurting photographers, I think, was stock photography, and I had mixed emotions about that because I worked with two photographers that were stock photographers mm-hmm. and so stock photography is where you uh, yeah, as a as a marketing agency or, or whatever you can buy um, rights to all these images mm-hmm. on a database and just download them and use them for your design yeah and whatever rather than going to a studio and now was the internet like a tool for <clears throat> stock photography to be more popular um yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it helped. Prior, yeah. I remember before the internet, you would get this big catalog every year, yeah. and you page for the catalog, and you can look at all these images and, and say, well, "I want to do this, that, and the other thing. And I want, I want to purchase these items." And if it was a, if it was a magazine cover, mm-hmm. you'd have to pay uh, anywhere between five and ten thousand dollars. Wow. You know? But. Um, um, or if it was a just an uh, an in-page ad. Uh, if it just a just an ad or whatever, mm-hmm. um, a small ad or whatever, it was much less money. I don't know how exactly how much, but but I remember working with Ed Bach, and he was. Uh, uh, anyways, you you're to. I don't want to get off on a tangent. You were saying like what what hurt the industry? Um, I mean, it, it we can was go off it, on tangents. You n- know, we can come no. back. <laughs> no, I I hate that because I, I go off on tangents a lot and then I and I lose my focus. But sure. Um, um, cause I'm so ADHD. <laughs> well, you got two of those at one <laughs> table, so we'll see how this goes. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, uh, what well, the, another thing that I think caused the industry to change, I mean, there were, there was always, um, it was a saturated market. I mm, mean, it was mm-hmm. such a saturated market. There was a, there were so many photographers in town in Minneapolis and I, when I say in town I, I think of you know the Twin Cities but I yeah. just say in town but anyways uh, it was there were so many photographers and there was so many um, so much stock photography out there and then there was then the internet came in and um, marketing pivoted 
towards a different way of um, doing their marketing. You know, mm -hmm. it was like click clickbait stuff and mm -hmm. all this stuff, you know, what have you. Um, and that changed. And then, um, and then it wasn't just photographers that were hurting. It was graphic designers were hurting, too. And mm -hmm. a lot of people were just, I mean, this entire industry that I knew of, that it encompassed thousands of people in the Twin City area, everything yeah. from set builders to photo stylists to photographers to photo assistants to delivery places you know that would deliver between this studio and that studio and um you know they all just kind of they, they got out of the business yeah you know and it was it was hard um but i i think it was um yeah internet um the way um internet changed marketing because the internet marketing changed and uh digital photography digital photography digital photography hurt a lot of photographers because um what happened was these photographers would spend fifty thousand dollars on this camera and then the, the and then that camera that business would go out of out of business so they had no support hmm. to fix this camera that no longer works Oh. So they were out on the hook for fifty thousand dollars on these oh, cameras. Oh no! Yeah. Like like the digital ones or like the yeah yeah because the so they would buy the expensive digital cameras, but then there's not enough people that could just fix them when they broke. Mm -hmm. Is that what you're saying? The company, the manufacturer of these digital cameras, were not were non-existent after the purchase. Oh, because they they couldn't they couldn't make it. They the 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 the, the um th there were. I'm not saying this right. Sorry. You you buy a you buy a camera from XYZ. Then XYZ has a has a support center. Like mm -hmm. if it breaks down, just call us. Mm -hmm. Well, it broke down, and, mm -hmm. and then then the company didn't exist anymore. So they had nowhere to go to wow. fix, repair this camera. What? Yeah. How many companies did they have? They just lot, had like really. There were there there was a lot of guys I know that lost their shirt. Wow, Just, I didn't know this. Yeah, oh my purchase, goodness! Purchasing digital digital cameras, and they and they wouldn't, um, and it was it was such a stressful time because no, a lot of photographers were hesitant to go to digital because. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, why should I go digital? I can just use film, and then it's going to be digital anyways. It's like, and then. Because um, they just scan them and. Mm -hmm. They would just scan them and yeah. separate them, and then you had the CMYK plates, and then the, and then you'd have your print later. Um, but. Yeah. Uh, but these um, these uh, digital camera companies were it was extremely risky, mm -hmm. and uh, so um, and they they were expensive. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, you can get a digital camera for a lot less. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. And you can but also the, get the, them for the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we were um, the place I was staff at was. Um, they were uh, a testing facility for a mm. digital camera company out of Burnsville, and um, and they didn't they didn't last either. So mm. so they went out of business too. And, and we did a lot of photography with those cameras, but the cameras um, just uh, ceased to exist. I feel like you went through a lot of heartbreak. <laughs> well, I, I was lucky because I was a photo assistant who was just you know I didn't have a lot invested. That's, I just yeah, that's awesome. So I you just kind of came out right. Yeah, I was In fortunate. <laughs> I was fortunate to to avoid to go down. I, I I didn't go down with the flames with a lot of places. Yeah. A lot of the photo studios went, went down in flames. But I 
was fortunate. I, you know, I just showed up. I was just a person to work for the day, and um, I observed a lot of hardships, but mm -hmm. I didn't. I didn't. Luckily, didn't have to experience it myself. So. Yeah, you're just the. Yeah, that's kind of nice. Yeah. So that's and I, really that's why I got into web design because I, I made the transition to web design. It wasn't like I mean my passion was still in photography, but right. I went into web design because it was a it was a a trade that I found that I could transition into. Mm -hmm. And um and I remember working at Stafford Photo, I'd work a ten hour day and then I would then I would work on the computers at these camera each camera station we had, they were worth each camera station we had was worth ninety thousand dollars. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot we, of money. And we, had, and we had like five of them. Oh my gosh. That's insane. It is insane. <sighs> it is insane. And that we had an insane amount of money invested in these cameras in yeah. a company that doesn't exist anymore. That's wild. So, and I don't know, I don't, to this day, I, I don't know where those cameras are now, but um, there's nobody using them probably. Um, but anyways. Probably uh, sitting in someone's basement. Yeah. You could have made more money on real estate just purchasing. With know, that kind of money. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I, I would I would be at I would late at night I would after I was done working at the studio mm -hmm. after I was done cleaning the place mm -hmm. I would get behind the computer at, the, at a camera station and then I would do some web design work I, I would work I would fall asleep I would fall asleep at the camera at that camera station what well yeah because I'd be I was I I, I had my job and I was doing school yeah and then I was like doing freelance web design jobs oh my just, gosh yeah. Yeah, you, you've been burning about both ends for a while. I haven't. Yeah, even, yeah. And then I would lock up the place, and it was kind of, you know, it wasn't the most you, most. Um, it wasn't Edina, that's for sure. That part of the studio, the studio wasn't a kind of in a scary part of town. So yeah. Do you think that you were, um, as a photo assistant, you had to like, well, because like you, it seems like you kind of had to like have multiple jobs or multiple things going yeah. just to keep up. Um, <clears throat> and that must be too, cause the contract gets renewed and there's different projects coming in and stuff is, um, is that why that you had to do that or was it the pay or? I, maybe I don't understand your question. What do you mean? Like, um, so like, because you had to have like multiple jobs, I guess the question is why did you have to like have multiple things going? You mean the the other, the other the night job I had with, uh, oh well I quit I quit the the pizza delivering thing like after I got into after I was established with yeah. photo assisting. Yeah, like, so, okay, I feel good. So yeah, after I was established with photo assisting, and then I was like, okay, I can get rid of this pizza gig, and now it's like now my next focus was, okay, I gotta get I gotta get get through this photo assisting thing so I can mm -hmm. be a photographer, right? Mm -hmm. And then. Um, but yeah, I quit that at probably the after about ninety four, ninety five. So yeah, I did it for a few years, and then I wow. was like doing it at nights, and then. But yeah, I, I literally would work twenty hours on Friday. Oh my god! Every every Friday was twenty hour a day. What? Yeah, because I would start, I would start at seven a.m. At, at at the studio. Yeah. And I would come home at three three thirty in the morning. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. insane! But you know, you'd make, you know, and I, I was doing the math in my head. I was like, I was always, I was always calculating what I made for the week, and then it's like Fridays were the days I made the most money. It was like, that was a two hundred dollar day. Wow, <laughs> that's kind of nice, right? <laughs> yeah. Wow. After twenty hours later. I know that's a lot. That's a lot of time, though. For yeah. 
yeah. I'll sit up here. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. So I just feel like the photo assistants um, work the hardest. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they worked. They worked very hard. They worked. You know, um, and depending, but it was it was an interesting gig because some of these places were super boring, but some of them were were kind of cool and kind of fun and interesting. Like, like uh, you you go on location and you yeah. meet. Like one time I met Denny Green, Ooh. the Minnesota Vikings and, and Vikings head coach, and met Bud Grant one time, and then I met. Uh, you know, Met uh, Jesse Ventura. Oh yeah, and, Jesse the body. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then um, you know, location jobs were always. I, I, I loved going on location. He, you know, studio work was just, was just <laughs> boring and yeah, you mundane and same old. You know, and I was like, but location was cool, and it was like, and you didn't have to like mop the floors at the end of the day or, <laughs> or clean or clean the bathrooms. You yeah, know? So it was like so. Yeah. What was your favorite location job? I would, I would love to work with Jim Art because Jim Art, I was like, man, I would, man, I was like, God, this guy's my hero, and I want to, I want to, I want to do whatever makes him happy. <laughs> I just want to make, I just want this guy to be happy so I can get on as many location jobs as possible with this yeah. guy, and and um, he was the Marlboro cigarettes guy. He did. Um. He would go on location, did Marlboro cigarettes. Remember yeah. back when you were a kid, you probably saw the cowboy silhouetted, the silhouetted image of the cowboy smoking yeah. a cigarette. That was Jim. Cool. Yeah, and he would go. He spent. What the hell? He would. Uh, he would spend more time in New Mexico and Arizona and uh, the Teton Mountains of Montana than he did mm. in Minneapolis. But he would. Uh, he would always go on location, but. But, you know, it, it was very competitive. The photo assistants were so competitive, you know, it's like, you know, how can we, you know, be better than the other yeah. guys, you know? And it, All remember, the other cigarette companies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember one time Jim was, he had a cigarette in his mouth, and I was just like, I got a lighter, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> light it up for him. <laughs> and he's like, he looks at me like, what the fuck? Uh, like, <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> oh, my gosh, I love that. <laughs> you know, and then um, we, we did a, I remember we did a, a photo shoot for, um, for Buell Motorcycles, it's a division of Harley, and we closed off the roads at Afton Alps. Oh, cool! And we the state troopers closed off the roads, and we were we had this stunt driver um, motorcycle guy that was that guy was crazy. Um, <laughs> I mean, he was yeah, he, he was, was the he, stunt guy. The stunt guy, the stunt. You know, yeah, he was like twenty five and just full of testosterone. <laughs> That guy was nuts. I mean, absolutely nuts. And he's driving this prototype motorcycle, one of a kind. And he's like whipping shitties with it and popping wheelies. And and the and the engineers are freaking out because uh, it's a prototype. You know, it's like it's not like it's off the assembly line. Yeah. Anyways, um. Anyways, we, not, we, can't we, handle we, that. we had a we had a camera car, which is yeah. kind of cool. So I was so I was um uh, sitting with Jim in the front of this. It was a contraption that was welded on to the front of this pickup truck mm-hmm. and we would and I was like handing him film stuff and, and he was shooting so he was shooting along with the, the guy in the on the motorcycle cool and and, and I remember like the film was like flying around <laughs> like, like grabbing it so it wouldn't go off the side of the truck and oh. and I, you know I was just like god I'm gonna die now I was just like, 
Yeah, so we, we did a lot. We, I mean, I worked with him on occasion. And, uh, but I was like, he, he would hire me. At first, he would just hire me to do painting stuff around the studio and, and then just do like, you know, he remod he bought this building and he was remodeling it. We were like tearing down walls, putting up walls, polyurethaning and sanding floors. And, and I, I and have to hold on. I have to laugh because you talking about like the action and the truck. Yeah. And then you just started talking about the painting the walls. Your like whole mood changed. You're like, oh, and we had to do all this stuff. It well, was boring stuff. Well, the reason why I never turned out a job from Jim was because I wanted to be with him on location. Right. Mm-hmm. That was the fun ones. Oh, God. I loved it. So fun. I loved it. It was fun. So you had to do all that boring stuff, too. Well, I wanted to build this rapport with him and yeah. build build a relationship with him. And then, then I'd find out that, you know, he'd call this other photo assistant to go on location. I was like, oh, God, I was so pissed. Oh, I'm so pissed. <laughs> no. And then, and then um... But we did, uh, let's see, we did some, we did some, but then I think, you know, towards the end of his, his um, photography days in Minneapolis, um, he actually moved down to San, down to New Mexico. Uh, but um, towards the end there, he was like calling me for actual photography gigs. And I was just like, I was just like, uh, I was on the phone with him and I'd be like, Hold on, I gotta grab a bag to blow into you. What? You actually call me for an actual photography gig? I can't. Well, I gotta catch my breath here. I just. Oh my well, I mean, Who? Am, I, I'm, is this really? You know, is this really Jim? And he's like, that's yeah. so cool. And he's like, yeah, yeah, smartass. Just get your ass down here, and you know, we're starting this day and whatever. You know. <laughs> Fun. So you yeah. had to actually do photography gigs with him. Yeah, I what? actually got to, you know, hand him cartridges of film and everything oh, wow cool. <laughs> now did yeah. you ever do any of those silhouetted marlboro guys i didn't do any marlboro with them okay. no i wasn't okay. cool i wasn't one of the cool guys i guess i didn't get to do that but yeah but he told me some interesting stories but yeah, yeah. what did you what, what kind of projects did you do with him um i did um uh, we did some Articat sleds, Articat snowmobile oh, sleds, that's cool. and then um, see that's cool. You're cool. He did, <laughs> and then he did, he did all that, and then he did huggy diapers. Believe it or not, that's so funny. <laughs> he was he went wow. from he went from Marlboro cigarette ads to huggy diapers. That's so funny. And like, what the hell? It's like the tough guy going yeah, from that to babies. this. Yeah, yeah, babies. Yeah. yeah. Well, they all have the same yeah. thing: money. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, so I spent some time with him, and um, it was interesting. But uh, but he, you know, he was like this nationally known guy and whatever, and so I was like, so he was, um, he was what yeah. he was one of the, he was one of the photographers I worked with that was well-known on a national level so yeah yeah so yeah. he was your favorite he was your favorite to work with uh in some ways yes in other ways no you know yeah. he could be he could be real jerk sometimes uh, really oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. well he you mean ego you know he had, you know they all had yeah big, you know huge egos so yeah. yeah i could see that yeah yeah but yeah but um but there was a Try to think like the certain guys would call me, and you always, I always knew it would be a location job with them because they had no studio. They would just oh. had all this gear in their basement, and they would just go on location, which is fine. You know, a lot of guys were, 
like that, you know, or they have a studio this small, you know. Yeah. Um, but we would, like, Ed Bach um, or Peter Bach, they were stock photographers, and we always did location jobs. So. Cool. That was fun. It was, it was more exciting, more interesting. And, and sometimes you'd get in the van, and, and, and you'd be like, all right, where are we going? And you're like, oh, we're going to Duluth, Minnesota, or we're going to, you know, this small town. And oh, there was this one time. Oh, yeah, I remember that. There was this one time we, we did a... We went up to Monticello to photograph this 16-year-old kid. Was he seven or 17-year-old kid? He was playing basketball, mm-hmm. and he was some hotshot basketball player. And um, and we we said uh, we're taking pictures. And he goes, "Hey, what's this for? What are these pictures for?" I, I was just told to show up here for some pictures. Mm-hmm. And then we and then the photographer told him, um, "You've been selected as the um, Sports Illustrated." Um, uh, McDonald's Dream Team or something. Some, what? Yeah. So there's there's only a hundred players across the United States that made this uh, made these picks, right? Yeah. And so the kid, um, the kid actually went on to play for the NBA. Whoa. Yeah. What? Yeah. It was. Uh, I can't think of his name. He played for the Bucks uh, for a long time, but then I, um, uh, yeah, it was just like it was so cool. But he was just like, but when we when he heard that, he was just like. He was just like, you know, oh. step. he was like leaning against the wall oh. trying to catch his breath. He was so shy and so, oh. and so whatever. But then when I saw him play in the NBA, I was like, I know that guy. I met him oh. when he was 17. And then, and then he's just got, got tattoos all over his arms. And oh. he's, he's just super strong and super, t- you know. What was his name? Oh, I got, I got to, I got to dig that up. No, yeah. I didn't. No, that sorry. was one, one story that yeah. just kind of came upon me that I That's didn't. That's cool. Um, Played for a Bucks for a long time, and he played uh, played for the U of the Gophers before he went on. I can't think of the name. Escape me. Sorry. That's okay. Yeah. That's cool though. That's super cool to yeah. see that and yeah. see the him like succeed and stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and then you did tell me a story that I really liked. Yeah. The when we were here or like before we started recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About deja vu models oh yeah i want to hear that story so maybe we can edit the name later but um so the studio well the studio i worked at the longest was stafford photo Mm -hmm. and um and uh i got to know joe really well and and um and we were the largest privately owned studio in the, the twin cities and that's where i spent the last my last photo assisting days and that was staff i was actually on staff there i was kind of like a photo assistant slash you know studio manager kind of you know our, our jobs overlapped a little bit a lot you know mm-hmm. anyways um there was this uh model that we had for these leather jackets and and she was making 1200 a day just modeling you know every day and she was there for weeks and weeks and it was just like and then the company twelve hundred a day. Yeah, wow. she was there for weeks, and we were um, the the leather company, which I won't mention. Um, the leather company said, "You know, we just can't afford this anymore." Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the executives or the art director—I don't know who it was—art director, or whatever, and another guy from Wilson's, they walked down to Deja Vu <laughs> from the studio. And they picked out a stripper. <laughs> and they brought the stripper to the studio. <laughs> told her to show up a certain morning. And she showed up a certain this morning and and um 
you know, mind you, as as a it was my job to set up the breakfast buffet and all this stuff and always get lunch and always do the cleaning and set up all the sets and do all this stuff and <laughs> do it every, you know, be all over the studio. She shows up and it was hilarious to observe this because uh, she was just this, you know, kind of rougher cut girl. Yeah. Had a hell of a body, but um, she came in and she was like, Wow, this is great! You guys get breakfast catered in every morning like this. I love this food. And it's just like, <laughs> and it's just like, it's. it's just, a, it, I feel like it's almost like like what you're telling me should be a, like a movie. Like it should be the premise funny. of it a movie. Be. It should you be. know, like a comedy. Well, it's funny because you got all these different characters. <laughs> yeah. You know, and like, you know, some of these people they're like they're so polite and proper they don't know what to say and like. Yeah. But, you know, um, and then. She was doing the modeling, and they told the other model that, that we can't go on like this anymore, and they got rid of her, so they brought in the stripper, and then the stripper sh- putting on these jackets. Her boobs were too big for these jackets. <laughs> they yeah. literally had to duct tape her boobs down. <laughs> uh, I love it. You know, I mean, you can't make this up. It's just, you know, but I mean... The things they do to save money at some of these sweater studios was just it was just comical. So. Yeah, that's hilarious. And and so did she become the permanent model for you guys or? No, no, no she didn't she, last long. She didn't last very long at all. No, <laughs> no, they didn't. Uh, it's difficult to work with, I guess, and the photographers didn't like her as much. So yeah. I mean, it's. I think it would be really hard to take um, as someone who's done like commercial modeling and then replace them with someone who's been stripping yeah <laughs> like, it, it's, it's a quite a bit different yeah, yeah i she, could see that and she's like yeah call me back anytime <laughs> <laughs> you're like yep uh-huh we will see you yep. bye yeah, no but i hope it worked out for the photos that's awesome I, that's really funny i'm not really sure i think it worked out yeah yeah I think it worked out they, they made it work out so yeah yeah I bet you've yeah. I bet you've seen a lot of interesting things, um, like models come and go and all that. Like, are there are there any oh. other good stories about models that are just like divas or like they screw up or they get kicked out or? Um, no, they were all pretty. Uh, you know, they're all. I you know it's just such a blur for like ten or eleven years. I mean, did I, you ever I, did you ever go on a date with one of the models? No, <laughs> no. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, I'm the photo assistant. They were, like, they were probably, yeah, they were just lining up for me, right? Yeah. Um, no, um, did not date a model. Uh, but I did find, yeah, there was this one model I was talking to. I, she she was, um, yeah, I mean, she was married and stuff. But but she, she was always coming to our studio on a regular mm-hmm. basis, and she was doing these these gigs. And mm-hmm. and I got to know her. We all got to know her pretty well. And um, But I thought she was quite fascinating because she was... Um, she told me about her experience. Um, I got to tell you another story about her now. <laughs> she told me about her experience with her boyfriend at the time. Now she's married to the guy. But she told me about her experiences during college when she would hop on these trains and go coast to coast across the country. Just remember, remember, in the, remember when you could hop on a train and, and you know, you could, you know, a lot of. Uh, criminals do it back in the day, but yeah, people now, did now that. you yeah. now you can't you can't really do it anymore because they they don't have those 
those cars are not really engineered that yeah. way anymore. But she would hop on a train. And yeah. They would do train hopping, and she'd wow. go across the country. And I was like, wow, that was so dangerous. And this girl was like, I mean, she, I mean, she was pretty. Yeah. Very pretty. And I'm like thinking, that was really dangerous of you to do. And she goes, yeah. oh yeah, I wouldn't have done it without my boyfriend at the time. I would yeah. never do it. You know, you right. Could have gotten. You know, really hurt. Yeah. Put yeah. yourself in a situation. But um. <laughs> There was one situation where I remember, now that I talk about her, there was a job where we had to go to this Ford dealership mm-hmm. and uh, take pictures, and she was a model. And I remember the sales guys were just, um, couldn't take their eyes off of her. And um, and so she thought she'd have some fun, and she put, she put like, she oiled up her boobs and stuff. <laughs> she had a lot of cleavage. And, then, and she went up to one of the sales guys and she goes, what do you think of this? Does this look okay? And she just... <laughs> oh my gosh, just messing with them? Yeah. Oh my gosh. That so was kind of funny. That is funny. She was teasing the crap out of him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, um, oh, I could tell you about the Ed Bach story. Um, um, you remember the... I, I told you this before about the mm-hmm. Ed Bach, the stock photographer. Um, I just happened to be in his studio for an interview. Mm-hmm. And then, because um, I wanted to get some work from him. And he was he was a nationally known stock photographer. I mean, he he sold a lot of his work on the stock exchange. And he was very well known in the community. Um, and uh, really good at what he did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> His most ADHD guy you'd ever meet in your life. Just <laughs> is that common running, in uh, photographers or? Oh my god! <laughs> There's so many guys that just they couldn't pay attention if you paid them. Um, one guy <laughs> I know so broke they can't even pay attention. One guy I know got hit by a tiger. Um, there was a tiger in the studio and he wasn't like paying attention, and it wanted to play. A and real it, tiger. A real tiger in the studio. <laughs> Well, Dublin, Dublin Studios. <coughs> so Rick Dublin was a guy who I mean, he doesn't his business doesn't exist anymore, but um, it's right by Target Field. Mm-hmm. Um, he did a lot of animal photography. Oh wow! And they always had. I mean, they had. I think that one time they had that that famous grizzly bear that oh. I think just died, but he was in a number of movies. But anyways. yeah. But um, they had a tiger in the studio, and, and, and Joe wasn't paying attention. One of the photographers is Joe, and um, the tiger wanted to play and took a swat at his gut. <gasps> and it knocked the wind out of him. And, oh, my God. And he had, like, had to recover, and he was just, like, <laughs> startled by it. He was shocked, and he, the wind knocked out of him. But anyways, um, where was I going with this? Oh, um, Ed Bach. Um, so, I mean, I was like showing my stuff and I was talking to him and said you know yeah I'd like to work for you and all this and mm-hmm. you know let's you know call me if you need me and then he gets this phone call and it's a it's uh, an art director from New York City and he he puts him on speakerphone and he goes hey I want here come on in let's, let's talk to this here you just and he's like talking to this to this art director from New York City and I just happened to be in the room and um and mind you I, I grew up on a farm mm-hmm. so I and, and this stock for this art director from New York City was saying yeah we need um we need you, you know, you're out in Minneapolis, right? And he goes, yeah. Well, we need you to go out in uh, in the farm area, and I need you to get some pictures. We, we're lacking we're lacking some photography on these subject matters. Yeah, like farm, farmlands. Yeah, and, and, and he goes, um, I need you to get a picture of one of those big green, you know, um, things that pick the corn and, <laughs> and, and, the, and the pipe that shoots out the corn on the side. 
and into, into the into the big box with wheels and whatever and then, so he didn't know he didn't he was like struggling with the terminology mm-hmm. and i go i go okay ed what he wants is he wants to see an auger shooting corn into a <laughs> gravity box of you know in the truck and stuff like that so i'm giving I'm translating yeah. all this for him because Ed was translating farm, <laughs> farm talk. Terminology, because <laughs> yeah. you know the guy from New York City was clueless and he didn't know anything. And then Ed Bach was kind of clueless too. And then Ed Bach and I actually did a job of where I grew up, and so this guy went to parochial school who's um, runs a farm. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff um, and his and his wife's he's a farmer and his wife's a school teacher and 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 um, so we went out to Jeff's farm where he did all his photography. And then, um, <laughs> and like every month, the local people in that in our my hometown were saying, "Guys, see, I keep seeing Jeff's picture in like this mattress ad, and in this and this other ad, and then the and then I keep seeing his picture all the time." And, and his dad comes up to me after church, and you know, in the little, you know, in the middle of nowhere, uh, where where we went to church, and and he goes, "Yeah, I, I keep seeing." Just picture in all these ads. It's like it's crazy because you know, it's because it was selling. Yeah, all those pictures were selling, so it was good. It was That's a, so cool. Yeah, and you got to help with that. Yeah, well, yeah. So I I connected, introduced Jeff to Ed Bach, and yeah, and then, you know, it was a it was a it was a good experience. So he was a there's a picture where he was like um, has daughter and he, he has daughter on his shoulders and he yeah. was like walking through a bean field and not just sold and sold and sold and sold. And sold. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Yeah, sold over and over. Yeah. Crazy, yeah. Because oh yeah, because so a lot of the stock photographers were based out of like cities, right, where they don't have access to that, and that's kind of what people yeah. are looking for. Yeah, I, um, but you know, if you think about it, like Cincinnati or Indianapolis, you know, there's mm-hmm. you know there's probably a lot of photographers like Ed Bach that are close to farms. Far, farms yeah, areas. I guess. Yeah, so there could be. Yeah. yeah. But that's cool. That's super cool. I bet it's really rewarding to see like you have the photos yeah. everywhere. Yeah, that was actually a, a fun and interesting project. So, does yeah. it is it weird to as a like a studio or or I guess a client to buy a photo and then see the same one in someone else's ad? Yeah, sometimes it is. Is, is there yeah. a, like is there a way you can like is can you pay more to like own the photo you can yeah yeah okay you can have exclusive rights to it to a yeah stock exclusive photo. rights yeah. that's what it is yeah no yeah. it's so interesting stock photography is just so weird to me it is kind of weird isn't, isn't it? it yeah uh, i always thought it was weird and man it's so it's so bad right now mm. it's so bad i i mean i when i got into web design i was using stock photos too and mm-hmm. and i was like I can't believe people buy this crap. It's so bad. Yeah. Yeah, it is it's bad, right? Really bad. I just just take your own, but I guess then people don't have time, then you have to hire a team, it's just a lot easier. But yeah. and then mm. and then I was like one of my first my first gigs doing web design. Mm-hmm. I was working, you know, freelance at this marketing firm mm-hmm. that doesn't exist anymore. Um, and I was remember I was in the I remember listening to these two ladies talk one lady was about 60 years old mm-hmm. designer another gal was about 25 and um and the 25 year old goes oh where are you going and um she goes oh well the 60 year old goes well i'm heading out i gotta go to the studio to get some photography and then the 25 year old said 
why are you going to a studio to get photography? And then she goes, well, how do you get it? Well, I just go to our stock photo CD library. And then and the 60-year-old was like, didn't know what to say. You know, she was mm-hmm. just like perplexed, like, oh, I didn't. Um, you know, it's just, I think she was just used to getting photography her way. Yeah, just like, know, going, this, like shooting it, right? Yeah, going to a studio and hiring somebody and taking the pictures and coming mm-hmm. home and, or coming back to the, to the, to the, to your office and then scanning it. And and I feel like that too is like a transition period in the mm-hmm. industry too. Right. Where it's like. It was a mindset that was um, going away. Wow. It was going away. Oh. You know. Crazy. So, so that and that and then now you think about it, that twenty-five-year-old is now probably forty, mm-hmm. which is um, getting old in in the designer, you know, mm-hmm. persona, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, so yeah, so you can see how it it transitioned the photography industry, and and I was like so looking back at that, I was like, I was like thinking, wow, this is this is it. This is changing everything. And yeah. I, and I'm kind of glad I made the transition, but as much as I miss photography, I'm kind of glad I made that transition. Right, right. Yeah. You know? um, and then another thing, too, is you kind of said that, like, Target was one of the biggest clients. Is that right? Yeah, they were. They were huge. Um, yeah. I mean, the entire... What, what they call... What's that? Sorry, Dayton's, too, right? I feel like, did you Dayton's, say Dayton's? Well, it was... At the time, it was Dayton's and it was Target, and Target owned, well, bought Dayton's out, or, or Dayton's. Dayton's started Target, but mm. then Target became huge and mm. kind of it was a tail that wagged the dog. Mm-hmm. Dayton's actually started Target. But um, anyways, um, Target, w- during the 90s, Target had, I'm not kidding, there was probably 300 studios that did target work on a regular basis wow i mean there were they were every they were everywhere i shouldn't i shouldn't say the number because i don't know for sure but um it was it was it was huge wow and so your typical studio was small maybe a little bigger than this but not much wow oh yeah and and um and a lot of these studios were like uh you know if it was one person it was like this size or maybe a little bigger and then but there was um some studios were that were four times the size, but they would have four people all sharing that space, mm-hmm. and they were all rent. They were all independent photographers, mm-hmm. and then they would they would um, a lot of them all shot for Target. Crazy. So so you would <laughs> you would have this conversation, and I and I'd wow. be like, you know, a common a common conversation with photographer would be like, yeah. oh, so what are you shooting? Who's your clients? And what what kind of you know are you fashion are you architecture are you product photography food photography you know what people what and they would say and then like oh okay well who's your clients and and then they they would say wow i you know i've done this and that and done some stuff for nike and you know whatever and then yeah i do some target (laughs) like it was like my my bread and butter Mm -hmm. so it it was their bed and butter bread and butter tongue twister i know um (laughs) client yeah. And they—that uh, was what they depended on to, wow. to to as their foundation. So Target was everywhere. Um, Target even had um, there were delivery services that would deliver props from Studio A to Studio B, all over the Twin Cities. And Target had um, Target would call the shots on a lot of things too. They'd be like, "Well, we want this stylist to do 
to, you know, we got this back to school photo shoot. Yeah, and, and so they'd and have their own stylist team come in. No, what, no, not exactly. There were freelance stylists that they would that they would recommend oh, okay. to be hired. Mm. And so, you know, they had a lot of power. They had a lot of power in the industry. And then they, um, then they built their own studio, sixty thousand square foot studio out by thirty five W and Industrial Boulevard, kind of by that quarry area, mm-hmm. close by that area. Um, and that killed a lot of places. Killed a lot of studios. So yeah, yeah. So then Target kind of decided to open their own studio so they don't have to pay other right. studios. Well, yeah, and they and they so they this was all it was all in house, and it kind of made sense from a business point because mm-hmm. it's just like. I mean, my God, you had these people going to all these different mm-hmm. studios, and it was just totally makes sense disjointed. Yeah, yeah. but um, but it kind of took away a lot of the charm, mm-hmm. you know, of mm-hmm. having all these small independent photographers and artists, and yeah. in, the, in the where and I call it the warehouse district. I hate calling it the North Loop. I hate that name <laughs> because I grew up calling it the the warehouse district part of minneapolis was all like photographers and artists yeah. and, and sound studios and recording studios cool. and it was all it was all that stuff now they're turned now they're into all, condos now they're all condos yeah yeah dang yeah. and um and and so you you couldn't i couldn't walk down the street without running into people i knew mm. from previous jobs so yeah. it was just ford the ford building which you know it was right by the target field Mm-hmm. Uh, if you know where the Ford building is, um, I do. Yeah. So it was ten floors. Um, it got to start because it would. Th- that's where they would produce four trucks, and they would start at the top and go to, all the way down, and they would oh. assemble a little bit on every level, and they would Crazy. take it down the elevator, and they would. And it was really popular for photographers, because, well, Ford found out the hard way that that was a bad um, assembly line, mm-hmm. going vertical instead of horizontal. Anyway, so Ford pulled out, but they still call it the Ford Ford Center. And and in the '90s, it was a lot of photographers in that building because they loved it because the elevators were so huge. Yeah, they could put a lot of gear. Right. Wow. So you could put all your gear in there. Yeah. And um, I mean, it was big enough to put a pickup truck in these in these right. wow. in these freight elevators. So we would we'd go on location. We'd put all of our gear in that freight elevator and go down we meet somebody at the loading docks load up head out cool yeah oh that's cool yeah wow so a lot of photography Mm -hmm. was there any studios in there or just like keep their gear there everything oh that is so cool that would be great they should just make a building like that for photographers (laughs) you'd think right um but yeah well i'm sure they do but yeah Yeah. but uh but (laughs) what, what some photographers um made made use of all the daylight because mm. the the windows mm-hmm. they had windows that were uh you know six feet high around the entire studio space mm-hmm. so they would shoot food photography just using daylight oh and they would and they would that is so nice it is it is nice and what they would do is they would they would put up scrims or they would put up a, a filter um, um a gel or whatever they can make the sunlight warmer if they wanted to. Wow! Or they could they would put up a scrim to make it look a little more. Less, oh yeah. Less hard shadows. That sounds great. Yeah. As a photographer, they, they, I would w- love that. And they would put up a bounce card for uh, filling in the shadows a little yeah. bit and stuff like that. Um, and That's amazing. I I know one guy who met one guy that was I, I'd be like 
man, where's your lights, man? <laughs> Look around. And he goes, I, I just use sunlight. He just use sunlight. That's amazing. Um, I don't... I mean, I don't know what he did in cloudy days, but... I know, I was going to say, you'd have to really watch the weather. Well, we're not working today, guys. <laughs> Everybody go home, boys. <laughs> right. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I feel like, I mean, having lights and using the sun might be beneficial, but I don't know. That sounds great. I would love a studio like that. That yeah. would be ideal, right? Well, I worked there a lot with Pat Fox, and sadly, he passed away a few years mm. ago. Um, but he was, uh, he was the one photographer that I worked for that was... Um, I mean, a lot of these guys, they, they were really good photographers, but they had mm -hmm. shitty personality skills. Mm -hmm. Or they were really good personality-wise and good business-wise, but they were bad photographers. But Pat, <laughs> Fo Pat Fox was a guy who had both skills. Mm -hmm. And he was really um, just, you know, confident and fun to talk to. Yeah. And just really, really super great guy. And, and you know, still miss him. But... Um, but he was uh, he was talented. I mean, really talented and really good with people, and really just. I mean, he he was busy all the time, and yeah, cool. yeah. But he, yeah, he made it. We made it work in the, you know, in his space, and he had perfect windows that were facing the west and the south, and so he had the perfect space on the tenth floor, Ugh. and um, he had a nice skyline view of minneapolis Ugh. yeah it was cool beautiful what did they use that ford building for now uh i know there's a um an it firm up there because i interviewed for a ux designer position once interesting yeah it's not the same anymore it's totally remodeled and yeah it's i don't think there's any photographers in that building anymore lame yeah that should be a that should be photography only <laughs> You'd, yeah, you'd think. I mean, it's a great, it's a great building for photography. So mm -hmm. it was, it was, it was good. Except the slow people. Was, the passenger elevator was super slow, but other than that, it was a great building. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That's there was a, there was a lot of buildings um, around the, uh, the warehouse district that I thought were pretty, not as, I mean, not as good as Ford, but um, mm -hmm. there were other buildings that were really good too. Mm -hmm. um, one one person I worked for, he had a, a green ceiling. I everything the the ceiling was all green and and I was like, What what is going on with this? Uh, the the green <laughs> the green theme in the studio is, is just kinda weird. Uh, and I was thinking it can't be good because when you bounce your lights off the ceiling that's gonna you know, it's gonna offset your color correction. Yeah. So uh and he said, Well the the thing is the story was is that they, they manufactured John Deere um um, I don't know if they manufactured the tractors or some. They ma they, it was a John Deere manufacturing facility. Oh. And they had an, the office was his studio. So it was that, yeah, yeah. It's just kind of. So they painted the office ceiling green as yeah. like a John Deere thing? Yeah. So he a, didn't change it for the. No, he know. never. Well, he's renting. Did know. it? Oh, okay. So did the photos turn out green? Yeah, they were fine, yeah. Oh, they, they were, were fine. fine. It didn't. Yeah. Okay. I always feel, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you'd think that would, you know, yeah. because lights bouncing out everywhere. Totally. That's, I'm like, that's everything. Well, we really like your photos, but just everything has slightly a green tint to it. You know, <laughs> Exactly. Like, <laughs> oh, God, that guy was so weird. Was you know, he? Uh, he, was, he was a freak. Photographers are weirdos, aren't they? There were, 
some normal ones. Yeah. <laughs> some, yeah. not many. Yeah. <laughs> Why is that? I feel like you have to have a personality type to be a photographer. No, oh, they were just looking back. I was just like, ugh. <laughs> you know, just like these people tried so hard to be the hip, cool kids. Yeah. Still, yeah. I feel yeah. like still some people do, right? Yeah. Maybe that's me. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. No, no, ma'am. No, they, they, they're desperate people out there trying to be cool and, you know, whatever. And, and you know, if you're a super cool photographer, um, then you get all the, 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 you'd get, you know, the art directors mm-hmm. coming to your place and whatever. And yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. Were you yeah. hip and cool? No. Never. <laughs> no, no. No, I wasn't that cool. Yeah. No. No, I was just, I mean, I was the studio grunt. I mean, come on. <laughs> I know. Yeah, you're not yeah. allowed to be cool, no, actually. No. This just comes with the title. No. But I wonder, too. I, I mean, I think that, like, you are super valued. It's like, um, oh, yeah. it, I bet I, it's hard to find a really good photo assistant. It, well, um, that's what I was told. Um, they, they said it was hard to find photo assistants. And that every studio had its own little quirky setup mm-hmm. so I mean if you were experienced that was one thing but if you were experienced to that particular studio mm-hmm. that was another thing so you had to you know get acclimated to you know a well, different, yeah, that's right. kind of what I was going for too you kind of yeah. like the reason it would be hard is because you'd have to be so versatile you have to be adjustable you have to get oh. ready to do whatever yeah. for whoever however yeah yeah <laughs> you know yeah and yeah. just accept that you're not the photographer <laughs> oh no, <laughs> you no, know no, what no. i mean like no i know i know i know and there were like there were certain rules like um that every studio kind of had like mm-hmm. like if you see something say something but say it in private to the photographer don't make them look bad in front of the art director oh interesting yeah. like a code yeah like pull them aside and say um something's not right um but then if you don't do that either you can get, get in trouble in yeah. trouble and yeah. fired it's your fault yeah you do <laughs> so how is that fair <laughs> no it's not yeah, you're yeah. Good. um and then there was like um i don't know it was just like etiquette there's a lot of etiquette rules and that you had to keep in mind and whatever you mm. know um you know i i can't think of all the rules but that was that was one rule that kind of stood out in my brain that, that yeah. i you had to say like see something say something but um, now how do you, sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, how do you like, how do you learn these etiquette rules? Are there like meetings that they like kind of tell Ex- you as a photo experience or they'll pull you aside and say something or whatever. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I was going to tell you that, remember that story I told you about the, uh, I don't know if I, oh, shit, I'm so sorry. Whoops. <laughs> Jesus, it's a, this it's table. loud. I know it's so loud. It's like a thunderstorm. Yeah, this table is <laughs> something else. Um, I was gonna tell you that story about. Um, I don't know if I told you that story about my first interview ever at a photo studio. No, I mean maybe you did, but I want to hear it. I here. remember. I yeah. remember I, the name comes to me now. Is Jim Erickson was mm-hmm. the photographer. So Jim was. I mean, this is in the warehouse district, right? Kind of by, uh, you know, where, um, a Washington and. Right by that bar, uh, that blues bar, that um, kind of by, I don't know. Like, it was around by 8th or 9th in Washington, in the north part of Washington. Mm-hmm. Really rough area in that time. But anyways, so I'm, I'm getting ready. I got this, got this interview because 
my friend Steve said, well, you got to do these portfolio showings or whatever, show your pictures, and then, yeah. and then, and then, and then hopefully cross your fingers, they'll call you back for a gig, right? Oh, yeah. So, so this, so luckily this Jim Erickson guy said, yeah, look at your stuff. And it's like, oh, wow, okay, cool, I'll be right over um, tomorrow or whatever. And um, so I went down there, and I'm leaving with my portfolio case. I, all I had was prints. Mm-hmm. I mean, most all the cool kids had the transparency, but I didn't know any better. So leaving with my, you know, pictures that I printed at Target. <laughs> whatever. Sorry, that's so funny. <laughs> no, they were a little, little higher quality than that. Um, but I, I'm leaving... I was living with my sister at the time, mm-hmm. and working at Domino's Pizza, and just trying to like, just trying to get by, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I'm leaving the apartment, getting into my Ford Escort, you know, and mm-hmm. um, and she goes, "Where are you going?" And I go, "I'm going. I'm going to an interview. I got to go to this interview downtown Minneapolis." And then she goes, "Well, you're not going like that." I go. <laughs> Sorry, get really dry. No, that's um, okay. I go well. Hey, trust me, it's it's a photo studio. I mean, these people. I mean, if they were if they're wearing jeans, that's dressy for them. I mean, this is trust me, this is not. I'm, I mean, my sister's a CPA. She's like, you can't leave like that. You got to dress up for an interview. I go. Well, it's not really an interview. Interview as you might think of it from your world of C, you know, accounting. Don't think of it like a real interview. It's this is super casual environment. Just trust me, Linda. Just it's <sighs> it it's not like that. Just she goes, no way. You're not leaving like that. You got to change. And I was wearing a, a, a sweater with mm-hmm. blue jeans. Oh not, yeah, kind of like this. Yeah, kind of like this. Yeah. Um, like a, like a dressy, just not like super dressy. Yeah, like casual. I was very yeah, I was very casual and. Um, and then she goes, no way, you can't, you can't. So reluctantly, I went back into the apartment. I changed. And I put on, I'll never forget what I was wearing. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> it was a white button-down dress shirt, short sleeve with a red tie. I looked like Dilbert. <laughs> and I go into this interview, and I'm like thinking, this is not going to go well. And you go, you go into these stupid portfolio showings for photo assistants. I don't know why you got to show these pictures because they really don't give a shit about your photography. They just yeah. want you to be the studio grunt, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but they all got to show their portfolio. But so I go in and I go, yeah, I'm here to see Jim Erickson. <laughs> I got a meeting with him, and, and there's this girl behind the, you know, the counter looking like something out of a Madonna video. She's wearing <laughs> like, and she's like pulling the gum from her teeth, and she's like looking at me like. And then she's like looking at me from the side of her face, like, "You're here to see Jim Erickson?" And I go, "Yeah." And then she's looking at me, and she look, you know, looking at me, looking down, looking up again. And then she goes, "Are you here to fix the copier?" <laughs> what? She thought I was here to fix the photocopier. Oh my gosh! And I go, "No, I'm not here to fix the copier. I'm here to see Jim Erickson." And um, so then Jim Erickson shows up. The guy had a ponytail and a poncho. <laughs> and and then he's looking at me like, what the f- what the hell is this guy? Is he with the CIA or something? Or I don't know. Um, dressed but, up. Yeah, you know, I felt really awkward and stupid. And oh, come on, sis. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but that's what you do when you 
Did you get the I, job though? No, never, oh. never, never, ever called me. Oh, is it because of the tie? I think it was because of the the he red was, tie. He was just thrown off by my attire. Or he was but just I feel freaked like sometimes out or it whatever. Could have, like helped in your favor, been like, "Hi, remember me?" You know, like you don't just blend in. I feel like that's a that was a baller move. I should have taken it to the next level. Like if it was St. Patty's Day, it could have been like a green tie, yeah, and like, or a bow tie, or you yeah. know, just get really like dorky with just it. Just wear like a floral suit. Yeah, and then <laughs> like, and then you could take it to that comical level, right? Or yeah. I don't know. Just make make fun of it. Right? Yeah, right. I yeah. know they'd remember you. Yeah, I feel they, like oh, if you yeah. just went out all out. But did you did you t- did you yell at your sister for that one? Yeah, <laughs> I think I came home and I said thanks a lot. <laughs> but the fact that you she actually get, took I didn't, she didn't catch the sarcasm. But, you know. Yeah, if the fact that the fact that she cares enough, that's kind of nice. <laughs> Yeah, cares, doesn't Care. know. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. That's funny. Um, she was, yeah. Are you guys still close? Oh, yeah. 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 Does she come to your bar? Yeah, she come. Well, she came in the winter, I mean, when, when we were closed up. And we have a, my, FYI, my sister, my, my, my wife and I have a backyard bar in our house. So, yeah. And we, it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah, you got to come over this summer. Uh, yeah, I will. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Now, yeah, because you built the bar yourself, right? Yes. Uh, Cheryl and I built the bar, and um, we outsourced the paver guys. Um, we outsourced the electrical, and the, my cousin put in the posts, and he helped me put up the roof, and then I, and then Cheryl and I built the bar top and uh, got creative with it and kept it very agile and fun and cool. just kind of built it. and. Turned out really great. I mean, it's talk of the town. I've people talk about it really? all the time. Oh yeah, really. They're like, have you have you been invited to the bar? There's a name for it, right? The Sherrick Shanty. Yeah, yes. the shanty. But they always say just the shanty. Yeah. Oh, have you been have you been invited to the shanty yet? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I haven't been. Oh God, my <laughs> most embarrassing story. I should tell you. Oh yeah, I want to hear it. Uh. So, I was going through this transition where i was like god i gotta get out of this photography industry and mm-hmm. you know i want to get into web design and so i'm like working and going to school and just going through a ton of shit and i was just mm-hmm. tired as hell and um i was dating with i was dating this girl at the time and then she, she you know we kind of had this thing where she was like well you gotta say you know, you gotta say I love you at the end of the call, whatever. <laughs> like, okay. Don't hang so, up until you say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so I, so it, you know, I was dating her at the time. It's like, okay, we're so we're going through that, and then, um, and then, um, I was so tired, I was like falling asleep on my feet, literally. And <laughs> and the studio got a call. I took the call, and that's one of the jobs. You know, as a photo student, you you know, you got a photo assistant. You always got to grab the phone, and, right? And then, and then in the intercom, it's like. Um, you know, so and so. You know, Robin, Robin Leeds, pick up on line two. Uh, you know, Robin Leeds, pick up line two. Whatever. And then it, before I hung up the phone, I go, "Love you." <laughs> so I hung up the phone. What? So I hung up the phone, and then Robin was going around the studio. She was like, ah, "Eric loves me." Eric loves me. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that so much. That she, story is hilarious. I was just exhausted. <laughs> yeah. uh, 
I like that. That's funny. I bet people. So the whole the whole studio was like, they had this perplexed look on their face, like. (laughs) Were they like? Did did anyone be like? Um, do you do you have a crush on her? uh... (laughs) No, they said they they came up to me like, did you realize what you just said on the intercom? (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. I love that. That's. That's a great story. Oh, yeah. That was great. See, yeah. all these things <laughs> that you do are funny, like, <laughs> that you could have just taken to an extreme level. Like, after that, you could have just been, like, every time you go on there, love you. <laughs> love you guys. <laughs> like, I would have just been, like, oh, yeah, I totally did that on purpose. Yeah. I'm going to keep going with it. <laughs> I think I wanted to crawl into a tin can at that point. <laughs> I, was... oh, I want to hear it on here. We always get into ghost talks. <laughs> Okay, really? or not. We don't have yeah, to. We can, we can okay. Tell, I can tell you this story. All right. Yeah. So I have an interesting, like, spiritual story, I guess you could call yeah. it. Um, so my wife, um, sad story. Um, yeah. Her her father passed away. He was um, a Vietnam veteran, and he died as uh, complications to Agent Orange. Yeah. And he died in 2006 or something like that. And And so my wife was always like, <clears throat> she always see like these heart shaped things, you know, like she'd see a rock and it was a heart shape mm-hmm. or whatever. Or she'd see like a um you know, something that was a heart shape and she she would communicate to others that her it was her her father's way of communicating to her yeah. that she still that he still loved her. And then um when I heard that mm-hmm. when I heard that I, I didn't I was like thinking, um I don't wanna say like is it really your father or is it, or is it just your mind that's sure. Like kind wanting of... to believe right. that or whatever yeah. <laughs> crazy story. So they, uh, they were cleaning out the house that, that they were, her, her, her mom, after her father passed away, her mom was getting moved into assisted care living mm-hmm. and they were, there was these two Hispanic ladies that were helping clean out this house mm-hmm. And they were cleaning the oven, and the oven light bulb. They were taking out this light bulb inside the oven. So there was a, there was a light bulb inside the oven. Mm-hmm. You know, when you turn the oven light on, you can see the pizza baking, whatever. Yeah. So um, they're taking out the the light bulb in the oven, and and the, these two Mexican ladies were going crazy. Like, yeah. look at this light bulb! Look at this light bulb! And then the, the family was like thinking, why are they? Why are they get what? What is the what is the, what is all the hubbub? Yeah. They showed the light bulb. The light bulb was broken, and it was missing. Um, uh, the glass was missing in a heart shape. Whoa! In the light bulb. Whoa! It was a perfect heart shape in in the on the light bulb, and the and it just collapsed. That part of the glass just collapsed. Whoa! Into the bulb. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. You know, actually, when my grandfather died, yeah. um, my grandmother used to, since I was a little girl, make us um, her special noodles, mm-hmm. and she'd make them a certain way, and like yeah. it was her recipe. Yeah. And so we'd always come over and ask for grandma's noodles. And when my grandfather's funeral, um, I think it was the day of his funeral, um, we were all sitting around. She was making us noodles, and she flipped the pan, and it landed in a perfect heart like there was I've never seen anything that I have a picture of it too because I was like oh my gosh he's here 
Was that yeah. crazy? Yeah. yeah, it was just like a clear sign that yeah. it was like, there's no way you could just flip a pan and it lands like this. And it was, it was the, the material, it was a, a, like a, you said of noodles or something. Noodles, in a noodle shape, exactly wow. like this when you flip. It was How does that happen? Crazy, I don't know. It's, I can show you a picture too after because wow. it's so cool. So yeah, I totally believe. <laughs> and, and there was one time I recall, like, like after several heart shape experiences, I'm just like, you know, yeah. It's like, okay, sure. Oh, yep. Yep. He's here. Yep. Okay. And just, you know, I was just rolling with it. You know, a lot of times I just kind of roll with it. Like, yeah. okay. Okay. Yeah. He's here. You know, I don't want to say anything. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to be a killjoy. Right. Yeah. And so, um, I remember one time we, we got in this fight and then I was just like, God, I'm just going to go for a walk with the dog and, and just, Get it, get out of the house, and like, yeah. I'm, I'm, and the whole time I'm walking the dog, I'm thinking, God, you know, God, why, why is this, you know, why do we gotta fight about the stupidest? <laughs> you know, you gotta make issues over the dumbest things, and then, mm-hmm. and um, I get back to the house. She went to bed, and there was there was this glass plate on the um, the counter, kitchen countertop, mm-hmm. whatever, and there was very few lights on in the house, but there was this one light that happened to hit that glass plate and reflected the shape of a heart on the wall. Oh, that's so pretty. And I oh thought, I thought that was like, I was like, oh, he's on my side. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> he oh. understands me. Yeah. I love that. And it's crazy because the shapes are just like so clear too when you do see yeah. them, you know. Yeah, this, know. this white reflection of mm-hmm. a, this had to be one light in the house that was shining and hitting that one plate and then hitting that it just, it just happens to reflect on the wall in this perfect shape of a right heart, you know, just it is it's a sign i feel like those are signs i think that's yeah yeah you know like and, and for me you know a cynical guy who doesn't believe <laughs> right yeah you know, i was like wow you're like yeah i feel that yeah. which is cool it's cool to hear mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. interesting yeah but yeah um, do you have any more like stories that you want to share? No, I mean, but I, I, I was wondering about, um, like for you, did you have like industry related questions? Did you have like, like people, um, like I could tell you, um, what was I going to say? Uh, things that, I don't know, that I thought was interesting, but probably nobody else really cares. Um, like I said, I worked at 50, more than 50 studios in the Twin Cities. Yeah. Worked a lot of, um, a lot of things. The, uh, uh, I think, I think after, after assisting was over, I actually, I actually was fired from my job because I was going through a career change and all that stuff and just trying to get into web design but it was like it was after six months after I bought my first house mm. and then like I had an arm adjustable rate mortgage and the, and the country was going into recession and all that stuff it was the, the you know the mid 2000 yeah. era so it was like it was that house on 35th in Halifax with oh the, yeah so um I actually thought I was gonna. I was stressed out, and I was thinking I was gonna be one of those statistics, that, one of those people that lost their house, you know, yeah. back in the two thousand era, uh, early, you know, two thousand eight housing crisis area. Because I was, 
you know, I was like, I didn't have much of a portfolio for web design, mm-hmm. and, and, and my background was photo assisting, and I didn't want to go back to photo assisting, and I didn't want to, you know, I was like, you know, driven on doing the web design thing, but um, it was hard to get going at it mm-hmm. because nobody wanted to hire you, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, um, you know, but I recall going through that. It was just, you know, that mental breakdowns and just like how are we gonna make this work and yeah you know, but, it, but it worked out okay yeah good um, and you like where you're at now i like where i'm at now um it's kind of boring in comparison to the photography days um yeah working with all those crazy people uh, <laughs> and uh the, f- the dramas and uh and shit show after another one shit show after another but mm. Yeah, it was kind got, of exciting, though, it was, right? It was kind of exciting. Um, yeah, it was. It was fun. It was. Uh, um, I don't regret it. <clears throat> I, I thought, you know, if, if, if the if the photography industry wouldn't have tanked, I think um, it would have been more than just a job that made money. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been something where I could have use that talent to mm-hmm. progress into photography yeah totally if, if if the if the industry but thankfully um i mean i thank my lucky stars every day that i didn't i wasn't one of the victims of that change yeah of all, of all the things that they went through and yeah you know the the digital transformation and mm-hmm. you know investing tens of thousands of dollars into a camera that you don't even know if anybody really cares about and 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 now right. you can replace it with a smartphone or whatever um um, you know, and um, the the way the technology took over all these skills, you know, it used to be these photographers would have you know, these huge carts, and they'd have dodge and burn kits and mm-hmm. filters and 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 diffusion panels and and all these things and all these tricks that they would do manually with a yeah with just a camera that had a a film plate and a lens and that was yeah. all and they and they did all the tricks themselves. Where all those tricks now are, you Digital. can do, do them on your phone. Yeah, on your phone. That's crazy. Your phone. Not I even know. like a computer anymore. I know. I wish I would have taken more pictures in those studios. Like, mm-hmm. like, um, I mean, it was it was just. Yeah, were you allowed to utilize the studios for your own portfolio work? If you were a staff assistant, yes. Okay. I mean, if you, when I was staff at Stafford, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I had keys. I had the security code they know you and yeah yeah i was not staff, like a drop I, in i was a staff photo mm-hmm. assistant and, and because i was a staff photo assistant i was like at that point it was like hey yeah eric if you want to shoot your own stuff here for your own portfolio mm-hmm. and after work you know go for it and i was thinking yeah if the stu if the industry itself wasn't tanking i would probably do that mm-hmm. but it's tanking and i'm mm-hmm. focused on web design so yeah um abandoning ship yeah you kind of have to right you made the choice and yeah i don't, don't and i and i feel to, and, and, and i feel bad f- i i don't mean to i don't because you're an aspiring photographer and i don't mm-hmm. want to i don't i don't want to i don't want to um underwhelm you or, or underwhelm you know like make you feel like you should you know whatever i i, th- I think if you're really good you can make a lot of money in photography i just think that um, mm-hmm. So many people had so many eggs in one basket with Target, and mm-hmm. and they were all going the same direction, mm-hmm. and and nobody was thinking outside the box really. I, but I think, I think if you're a photographer today, you really got to be um, creative in a business sense. Yeah, I think it's and a different world. It's a totally different world, mm-hmm. and um, and I, I I think people can 
can make it work mm-hmm. if they if they if they really want to make it work. Sure, they, they can. Yeah. So, but it's, um, but it would take it's it takes some definite creativity and. Uh, and there were so many photographers um, going for the General Mills contracts, the Target contracts, the all these contracts. And I was mm-hmm. like thinking, why don't people, you know, think outside the box a little bit more? And they and they, and they weren't really doing that then. Mm-hmm. They were all going the same direction. So. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, it is interesting, and and it it was it was a really hard shift from that time period, mm-hmm. which obviously wasn't that long ago and it just now it's like where is the photography industry going because even just like phones and people having stuff in the palm of their hand like when you know I know a lot of different restaurants and stuff they take all of their own photographies for social media of their Mm -hmm. food of all that Mm -hmm. and it looks good sometimes you know it looks really good and that's from their camera phone and that's it's crazy it's like can you believe that like a beautiful food photo just on your phone and like a good lit window like (laughs) okay (laughs) no no i cannot i i I would have never imagined that you would have a handheld device that you could do a hundred different things with right including photography i mean the only handheld thing i had when when i got into phone assisting was a sony walkman (laughs) um there was no um there was no handheld device uh, yeah. like that, you know. It was just internet and the iPhone changed everything. Yeah, so it changed changed a lot of things. Yeah, and, uh, changed marketing. And I talked to um, uh, my friend. It was just a crazy, crazy story here. Um, it's just crazy how you know people come back to, from your past and you just meet them all over again. Um, there was this girl that moved in um, across the alley from me. Mm-hmm. So Maggie Steinhauser moved in. Mm-hmm. And then I, I said to her, I got introduced to her, and I'm like, oh, and, well, I was introduced myself. And I go, oh, Steinhauser, uh, you, any relation to Mark Steinhauser, the designer downtown Robbinsdale? He, he's right on the diagonally across from the Shell gas station. Mm-hmm. Mark Steinhauser has that space right there. Uh, he has got a design for he He's the longest. He has He's had the longest contract of any designer that Target ever had. Um, he worked with Target for more than 30 years. Wow. <clears throat> doing all these photo shoots and stuff. And I go, well, yeah, Maggie, I know your dad because um, I'd, I'd go to these photo studios and, and your dad would hire the photo studios and the photo studios would hire me. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> so I got to know your dad. And um, and then um, so it's just, and then Mark would show up and they would do work to the house and so I'd talk to Mark on occasion. And then, um, and then I would always, I'd always see Mark at the Lifetime Fitness too in the yeah. mornings. And then, and I talked to him on occasion. And, um, and then just a few weeks ago, he goes, "Yeah, I'm, he goes, I'm getting out of the business. I'm just, I'm folding up." And I, and I said, "Oh, that's too bad." And he goes, he goes, "Why?" Is, and, he, and he's a little bit older. He's probably semi-retiring, whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, he goes, "Well, um, you know, it's just nobody cares about design anymore." He said, nobody cares about design anymore. Nobody wants to spend the money that it takes for us to do an adequate job. And um, and just, I think people just don't care anymore. They, they, they want the, the clickbait stuff on your phone, mm-hmm. and they want, they want to spend money in a marketing kind of way of that, which is really kind of sad. Yeah. But, uh, 
But it is what it is. Um, so, I mean, um, instead we have phones that stalk our every move, and, you know, it's like... Yeah, they, they do. They sell our information, and... It's crazy. It's just know. a whole new world of marketing, and... Yeah. And, and how many times, like, and it creeps me out. I hate it. I hate it. My wife buys these these little Alexa things you plug into your wall. I hate them with a passion. I hate them. Like those. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're always listening. I know. I know. That's why I keep mine here, not at home. Because <laughs> we'll, we'll be talking about something to add to the backyard. So my wife and I will be talking about, you know, oh, we got to have this in the backyard. Mm-hmm. And we, we need lights. We need, that's, so, so true story. We're talking about getting outdoor lights in the, in the back patio to add more lighting for people to walk around and stuff. And, um, and I'm like, yeah, well, I, I want it to be this way and she wants it to be that way. And I'm like, oh, how do we come together on this? And then, and then I'm going, you know, I'm going on Facebook and all the third column, it's the third column, which is where all the ads are. Ugh. It's all about outdoor lighting. Wow. Ugh. So we're sitting in the kitchen and the art, the Google plugin device yeah. thing, hockey puck looking thing. Yeah is four feet away from us oh yeah and the damn thing is off what yes it's off but then i go up to my computer and i'm and i'm searching and go and you know go to amazon first thing you see outdoor lights Ugh. and then one and then so um one time i was like lost my temper a little bit well not (laughs) not too bad so I, i i'm in the house and we're doing some project out in the garage. We're building something out in the garage, like we always do on the weekends. We're always building something in the garage. Yeah. And and I come in, and then Google says something to me. And then I said, I never say, hey, Google, turn off. I always say, hey, Google, fuck off. <laughs> and then um, and then Google's, Google says, I didn't quite catch that. I go, hey, Google, shut off. And then she goes, could you please repeat that? And I, and I, I started walking towards the device and I'm like, kind of like pissed off. I'm yeah. stomping and I'm walking towards the device. And then she goes, I understand you're upset. What? And I said, and I go, I thought to myself, and it freaked me out. I was like, how the hell does this thing know I'm, I'm upset? What? She said, I'm under, I understand you're upset. As I'm walking towards the thing, I oh. want. I, I was gonna. I was gonna take the thing. I was gonna take the thing and throw out the window. Oh my gosh! No, that's so creepy. Isn't it? That's so creepy. So creepy. How did that device, without any eyes, know I was upset? I, I don't know. That doesn't make any sense. Creepy as fuck. Yeah, that's so creepy. Oh. Mm-hmm. It. I wonder if it's detecting our emotions. Uh, yeah. Or it has camera. I don't know. It has facial detection. It's watching us right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't even know what to do here. I oh, know. my gosh. I have a phone. I have everything. Ah! Yeah. Ah! <laughs> ah! Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Oh. geez. Okay. Well, that, has that happened to you where you're talking to somebody about Oh yeah. Oh, we want to. We want. We we're we're in, the, we're in the market for buying something. Oh and yeah. Then, and then that something shows up on the front page of Amazon. Oh oh yeah. Well yeah, it does. But I think mostly. 
I'll search one thing once and then I'll get ads for it forever, which well, I get that, but. Okay, but, but that's different. Yeah. But, but listening to a conversation in one's house. It's so creepy. That is extreme. Ooh. That That is below the belt. That, that is. That's so bad. That is so bad. Ugh. That is so personal. So it's so personal. I know those things should not be in any household, even though they're in like every household. I know. I, 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 I hate them. I hate them. I do too. I agree. We have enough infringement of personal data. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I just accept that like nothing is mine anymore. Not even my thoughts. <laughs> like, I just... Oh, dip, so you're but, communist. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I mean, you can live in fear or you can just accept what is going on. I don't like it. There was a great quote um, by this, I think it was Bill Clinton. Um, I, remember, I remember him saying this. He said that hope is stronger than fear. So, so mm. democracy has a chance. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is creepy world, but... Anyway, I mean, we yeah, had to end, we have to end over in this conversation because that's kind of where this is leading to from film and then yeah. all this technology developing yeah. and like yeah. how the industry has changed so much yeah. and, and and you know maybe part of me thought I was the wrong person to talk to because since two thousand three two thousand four I was like totally disconnected from the whole industry mm -hmm. as a whole and mm -hmm. I didn't. Um, you know, I after I got fired, I like packed up my camera gear and I went up to the North Shore and just took pictures of the North Shore. And this is like, yeah. yeah, okay, now I enjoy photography again. Yeah. <laughs> after getting away from all the weirdos in yeah, Minneapolis and the crazy just, stuff. You know, what a what a what a wild life, though. <laughs> yeah. One guy I met um, was quite interesting. Um, Al Bolio. He was the photographer. He was Prince's photographer. And I, I, I actually met a, quite a few people that worked with Prince. And I never met Prince myself, but I yeah. met a lot of people who met Prince, yeah. worked with Prince, and had to deal with Prince. And, and that was, I was always just fascinated because I was like, yeah. as a kid, I just, you know, you just love Prince and you just gravitated towards any music Prince had coming out and yeah. whatever. Um, but um, Prince is awesome. Yeah. Like, I'm so glad that I live in a place where we can claim him. <laughs> yeah. Is that, yeah, it's, I mean that's something we can all be proud of, but um, but yeah, so I, so that was that was um, I don't know if anybody cares or that was interesting, you know, working yeah. with with Al Boy, but I mean, um, but a lot of people were there. Were, there were a lot of photographers that were just train wrecks. They couldn't get their life together, but they were talented, but they were just dysfunctional mm. you know. what do you think that is um i think artists in general can be their own train wreck mm -hmm. they can be um temperamental or you know drugs alcohol um mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. can't get their act together can't mm -hmm. um was hard. Don't, don't have don't have much <clears throat> self-discipline maybe um, yes it's hard to probably be your own boss too i feel like in mm -hmm. that that's that's my problem. <laughs> yeah, I it, need somebody it, to tell me what to do. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I can relate to that. I mean, it, it was you got to stay focused. You got to be um, 
you know, it's, it's hard to stay focused sometimes. Sometimes, I mean, not everybody is cut out to be their own boss, right? I mean, right. Some, some, some people are good at being their own boss and some people are good at working on a Being an artist, it's so complicated and photography is a form of art too, so it's... I, it's got, I think it's the best form of art, isn't I, it? Really? Yeah. I mean... What's your kind of... What's your selfishly, because I love photography, yeah. 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 For me, yeah. I do really like videos with... Like, I do, like, kind of, like, like little videos and sounds. Like, I like all the elements, so I like, like, motion picture, but not, like, a movie. Do you know what I mean? Like, like if we could just have, like... Like a little tiny clip. I feel like that would be cool. Like I love the sounds with like moving images. Does that make sense? Like mm -hmm. that would be like my perfect form of art. Oh, you would have loved uh, CBS Sunday Morning this last Sunday. They had an artist that was uh, kind of like that. They had, she yeah. had a, um, she did music, she did video, she did uh, visuals. Cool. Um, so she was a, uh, can't quite think of can't remember what her name was, but um, yeah. yeah. I watch that religiously every Sunday. Um, you do? Oh yeah. Oh cool. Yeah. I don't. Even, I've never seen it. CBS Sunday Morning. Yeah. You never seen it? No. Oh. TV is foreign to me. Why? I don't know. I just I don't sit still. Enough. Oh, you don't sit still. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, unless I'm sick, I'll like be like, okay, cool. What things can I watch? You, and stuff? you can't. Do you ever sit through a, like a two and a half hour movie? I mean, I have, okay. but I don't very often. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, because well, I, I know people that um, can't sit that long. Like, my wife was that way. She can't. Well, yeah, I most don't. Of, most of the time, she can't sit through movies. Yeah, I don't like to sit. But, I mean, yeah. I can watch movies. I, I do enjoy movies, but um, yeah. it's not my go-to, okay. I guess, unless it's like, oh, I'm tired and let's chill. Yeah. But, you know, um it's yeah. yeah it's it's hard to sit still sometimes so why do you think why do you think you got into photography what, what did you oh uh, or the table's turning i like this well okay. i'm just kind of <laughs> no, i'm just kind of like i'm kind of curious about you know because photography is not easy mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so i was like okay why do people do what they why do, do people do what they do why so, and why would you choose photography mm -hmm. over anything mm. else okay so me personally um i've i kind of had a camera when i was six years old and i just took pictures documenting everything mm -hmm. um lots of people different like oh, yeah wow. i just made art pieces like i had like i had a dog of course um and i would make my dog sit still and i'd put a doll under her head and i'd be like don't move and it took me like <laughs> I don't know, a total of maybe like 10 minutes to get it perfect as a child that's very long, yeah, <laughs> as a six-year-old. Yeah. So like I really was like, oh, wait, hold on, and then I'd take the picture. But um, yeah, I was obsessed. I always, yeah. then I'd bring it, it, I had those disposables, and I'd go bring it, get it developed, and then I'd have another one going always on me, just like, just in case the moment called for it. And I had these albums, just photo albums. And I never really was like, oh, I'm going to be a photographer. I did it as a hobby. Yeah. And uh, when I got older, I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I could, I could do this for work, right? Yeah, like, sure. <laughs> so I just translated it into work, so. So my nephew was, when he was six years old, he, he took pictures of, a lot of pictures of people. Mm -hmm. And every single picture was somebody looking down at him. 
How cute. Yeah, because yeah. he's so Cause little. Because he, he's so little. That's so cute. And oh. um, and I thought to myself, wouldn't it be cool if you did, like, a, had a theme going mm-hmm. of kids. Like, every, you know, like, the... the the, 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 cons- the consistent view composition is somebody yeah. looking down at you. I love that. That and, and is cool. Because you know how kids always see something different. They see things differently than we do. Yeah, they and, do. And, and I don't know how. I always, I always had this idea. Wouldn't it be cool if you had like, instead of promoting yourself, you promote all these kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then, how do you do that without people like thinking, "Oh, you're some weird pedophile." <laughs> um, you have a woman represent it. Yeah. <laughs> That's how. Or your own children. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, why not have, what, you know, get all these kids to take all these pictures. And then, and then every single view is, has the same composition. They're all looking down at these kids. And then you have this, that'd be an interesting portfolio. It would be. Wouldn't it be cool? Yeah. You just got to make sure the child doesn't put their finger in front of the lens. <laughs> Well, that might add to it. <laughs> it does. Well, mine always had fingers in it, but you—it was kind of cool. It kind of went with like you'd see like a sure. portrait. I'd be like, I would have like my neighbors. I'd go yeah. outside and be like, Hey, could you? Can I take a family photo? And they'd be like, yeah. You'd see this little family and then a little finger. <laughs> like, it's yeah. just fun. It is fun. It's fun to see a kid's. And then. Of course, you have to fire them when they turn seven years old because they get too tall. I know, right? You would. It's like the modeling. Like, once you turn 21, you're done. Uh, you're done. Yeah, right. <laughs> once you turn seven, we don't need you anymore. So, um, That's yeah. a cool thing about photography is that it's kind of a stamp in time. You know? uh, yeah, I love that. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's like it's, mm-hmm. it's, like it's, it's real, mm-hmm. but it's art, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like... You can't go back and, and, and reshoot for World War II. You know, it's like that painting was done yesterday. Can you tell? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, no, it's, I. It's next to the uh, free beer tomorrow sign. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, what? <clears throat> weddings. Hmm. I used to um, oh God, do a lot of weddings. And so I would go to these, like, not meetings where they would be like or these conferences where they would tell you oh make sure you crop up or make sure you uh tell everybody to um put their phones away while the bride and groom go down the aisle because it's the photographer's turn to take the photo and blah 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 you want everything to be perfect but but for me because i'm like a street photographer kind of mindset i'm like i'm not telling them anything and i'm not photoshopping any of that out because that is a stamp in time to remember who had what phone and like who's obnoxious enough to like hold their phone you know what i mean like to me i think that's kind of fun like to get those people who are being in their element and using their whatever device because back when you look back at it when you're super old you're creating memories do you Mm -hmm. want the memories just to be fake and like you know cropped out you want to see like oh Remember when we had those iPads as big and people held them up or like, or think if flip phones, like, oh, remember we had little flip phones or like, just, it's cool to see the yeah. change in technology the day of your wedding and like yeah. what that time was like. And yeah. I don't know. I didn't agree with that. I was like, I, I like, I like not telling them how to act <laughs> or what to well, do. Yeah. I got a friend who, from my, one of my photo assisting friends who, he now um, is a real estate agent and a wedding photographer, and he 
specifically tells the people at the wedding they cannot use their phones or anything to take pictures while he's taking pictures because imagine and i and i kind of get his point because mm-hmm. if you're for two reasons uh, you're, you're a photographer and you get your lights set up and you got the bride and groom and the family members or whoever is up on the altar and they're looking at the camera and and then you got you know 20 other people saying mm-hmm. over here over here and then oh then yeah you're taking the That's picture so totally. they're so they're not looking at the photographer's mm-hmm. lens they're looking at the other people's camera phones or phone cameras and oh yeah I, that so I they're get. <laughs> so they're losing they're losing focus and um so there's that reason but there's the second reason is that you're it's kind of in a roundabout way you're kind of taking away business from him although it's not you know like professional photography it's like you're you're, you're snapping under, you're that under, photo yeah you're undermining his yeah work and so. so that part i don't care about as much but i do have to say that i know there's the, the human uh i don't know humans are weird humans are weird when you hey, shoot weddings hey. that many weddings you meet a lot of them and i've i've there was one in wisconsin that i photographed and this woman kept looking back at me during uh-huh. and I was in the back taking pictures with my long lens of like what was happening in the front and she literally went out of her way to stand in front of my camera to try to get my shot and I'm like do you know how much money that this couple is paying for these photos and you are trying to block me to get the shot yeah. like on purpose mm-hmm. and I was like so that is stuff where I'm like okay yes I understand that, but I just, I guess I don't like the whole, like, Photoshop, Photoshopping out phones, um, mm-hmm. and, like, if, if you hold the phone up, it's probably not going to distract me from getting the photo down the aisle, you know what I mean, or something like that. Yeah. But um, if you get up in the aisle and you find, figure out exactly where I'm shooting and stand in front of me, whew, that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's not okay. <laughs> And why? For why? For 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 why? Who knows? Who knows? Maybe she was just trying to be a bitch, and she didn't. Maybe she didn't like you. I don't know. I just uh, no. I think it was because like no, just she wanted the best shot. So it's just there was no other thought process like besides I want this shot. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna block the paid (laughs) professional. (laughs) Uh, I'm like well. When I was in photography school, I was working with a guy. I was working with a guy who um, was doing portraits and weddings and stuff like that. You know, out in the smaller. Sorry, out, I want to hear this. Out in the screen. smaller, out in the smaller towns, we had uh, all the photographers were portrait and wedding photographers, and so I was yeah. working with Steve Lotman. Yeah, Steve Lotman, a uh, Wilmer, Minnesota, and um, he had the shutter shop. That was his studio. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of the, well, I found out later that a lot of the kids had a different name for that studio. You know, they call it the Shitter Shop. But, (laughs) um, so anyways, um, he hired he, I was it was a photography school, so Mm -hmm. it made sense for me to work part time with them on occasion, and um, we did a wedding one weekend, Mm -hmm. and, and I'm just helping him out, and and, he said, hey, can you, uh, we're gonna do this shot and then we're going to go over here so can you move the light stands over and I'm like sure so I had the light stands the light stands were sitting in mud <clears throat> and um, and it was spring you know like I was like 
I don't know, after a rainfall, whatever. For whatever reason, the light stands had mud in the bottom of the feet. Yeah. And I'm trying to get around the, the wedding, the, 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 the bride, hello. Yeah. Jesus, my brain. <laughs> and, and, and so, the, and, you know, this bride's dress was just so freaking wide and big <laughs> and, and whatever. I'm trying to get around into a tight spot and I'm trying to get around her. And, and I, was, you know, I was like, oh, excuse me, pardon me, and, you know, and, it, and it, I got mud on the dress. And then I, and, and then Whoa. Steve, Steve goes, way to go, Eric. And I go, what? Well, you just got mud on the dress. And I'm like, oh, my God, I got mud on the bride's dress. Oh, no. Was it and bad? Then, and then they were, like, trying to get it off with club soda and stuff like that. So it was just like, I don't know. Yeah, but it was just drama. You know, it was my wedding. I know. Well, there's the always something. There's, I know. It's always something, right? Like that. Yeah. Like that's hard. <laughs> that's kind of funny story, though. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm like the Charlie Brown. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. It's never, never, never. Always against the wind, huh? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's but anyway. Funny. But anyways, um, that was um, that was my last wedding I ever worked on. I didn't want to ever do that again. Right. I don't want to ruin another wedding dress. This well, isn't for me. You know, I'm not coordinated <laughs> enough for this job. I know, <laughs> I know it's I like know. you can't be mad at me for being clumsy. Well, the, the real reason why I didn't go into weddings is because I, I didn't want to work Saturdays. I just didn't, you know. Yeah. I wanted to have my weekends off. Oh, so. yeah. There you go. Yeah. Did you have Did you have Saturdays off when you worked at the studios? Most of the time, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So no one had to work on weekends very rare, often. Yeah. rare. One time I got, it was just the weirdest situation. Um, Bill, was it Bill Linder? Billy, um, anyways, he did, this guy I knew, he did uh, photography for fly fishing mm-hmm. equipment. And he just happened to be at the North Shore the same time I was on the North Shore. Oh, wow. And he calls me, and he, I don't know how he knew, because this is before, you know, Facebook and Internet and all that stuff. Yeah. He calls me, and he goes, hey, can you um, help me out? I'm doing this floor shoot in, in the Baptism River way up on the North Shore. And so I, I ended up, like, he, modeling and being a photo assistant for this job he was doing. He was, like, was like doing this. I, yeah. I'm clueless on fly fishing. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm doing this fly fishing thing in the river. And I'm wearing this these long things, and I got all this gear around me <laughs> doing this thing. And he's like, he's making sure the sun's behind me, so it picks up the line, and, and you know, it accents the line yeah. and, the, and the sun. And we're going back and forth, and I was just like, just happened to be. And it was on a Saturday. That was like one of the few Saturdays I ever worked, and just happened to be at the North Shore at the time he was up there. So, um, God, I have no idea where he's at now. Yeah. yeah. That's fun. Yeah. Wow. Weird. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah. So you're so you see so you're a model too, huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> no, I never. <laughs> here's here's where um, here's speaking of modeling and stuff like that. It's like they um, <laughs> God, it's so degrading. Man, you gotta have a, you can't have a fragile ego in photography. You just can't. Um, like, cause cause on occasion they can't. They don't have time to find a model, or they yeah. don't have time to get a model, or they don't have the budget for a model. Yeah. So what they'll do is they'll line up the photo assistants and like pick, and they're like, no, 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 and they like wave, wait, no, Eric, no, no, <laughs> no Eric, no. no, oh no, nah. And I'd be like, 
<laughs> over over this guy? <laughs> I'd be like, both hands are up in the air pointing at this guy. Like, really? We gotta use what I'm, we got. I'm I'm less pretty than this guy. Yeah, like your coworker. Wow, you really wow. The only job that you get compared to your coworkers by the way you look. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like really? Oh, that's hilarious. I know. I love it. I know, and so you, you, the, it's like okay. Next time, don't even call me up to the to the lineup. I don't even want to yeah, be in the lineup right? anymore. Right? No, it's. It's like, it sounds like it's, yeah, I mean, soul walk crushing. Home kicking a can. Yeah, like, soul crushing. I know. Dream yeah. crushing. I know. <laughs> crushing your dreams like, of being like, the next face of the ad. <laughs> and you're standing up here in the lineup. You're like trying to be all, you know, like. You know, I did go to school when I was in photography college. Uh, Sounds like clown college. When I went to yeah. photography college, yeah. <laughs> um, when I went to school for it, um, there was a girl, a really, really beautiful girl, who like th- weirdly tried to make her into f- modeling by doing photography. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, that would be a good huh. way to do it. Be a photo, like a good-looking photo assistant, and always just jump in and become the model. <laughs> oh yeah, they've they've done it. I, yeah, I, there, there's women out there that have. Um they were uh, either photographers or they were stylists and they were mm-hmm. very pretty and they made it as uh, you know they were actually pick up, able to pick up photography gigs yeah and, well yeah I just modeling had gig, modeling gigs yeah yeah I just had a photographer in here last week and he was a model in LA and mm. um, for years doing gigs with like big big things I don't know um, but uh after that They're called photo shoots yeah <laughs> photo shoots i was trying to think i was going to say companies big companies i guess yeah <laughs> big companies like gucci and like stuff like that but sure anyways <laughs> um later on he became a really good photographer just from knowing what they want from a model too just like the, yeah. you know so i mean the only thing i guess he doesn't do is studio lighting but but like in front of a camera like where to angle and do all that so he can kind of translate that from each side so i wonder if there's you know these modeling agencies i mean whenever we had a photo shoot we'd go through the books and we mm-hmm. would find models in these modeling books and mm-hmm. um you know with the way that industry has changed mm-hmm. <clears throat> and there's not much i mean there's still photography but it's just not as much as it used to be and um it's like how do they I, I would imagine those modeling gig, those modeling agencies are gone, are they? Maybe I don't know. I don't even know. I don't I, I've been know. Out of it for so I long. don't. I think they aren't. I mean, I think maybe a lot of them are, but I don't. I think they still have a lot of modeling agencies, and they book people. And because here's the thing, I went. I was just curious today. I was like looking around and, and like, I found two studios that I used to work at, and they're now doing day rates for five hundred dollars a day. Which is, I don't know how you pay the... Anyone. I mean, you got a 4,000 square foot facility or whatever in your, or, or maybe 2,500. And, you know, you got overhead. How do you make it with 500 a day? Um, and no idea. And then you're going to hire a model on top of that? <laughs> like the model, like... Usually when, it's 1,200 a day. Well... <laughs> 
it it, it was and it, it, was, it, yeah. was, it was it was it was um it was a hundred it was a hundred like two hundred bucks just for them to show up and then yeah. they would, and they would do an hourly rate and then it'd be like I don't know, it was like a half day or two hours mm-hmm. or a full day depending on the model depending on the job depending mm-hmm. on what um so then um I just can't I just don't see how there's a budget for that anymore right right like who's getting like how is anyone making any money yeah yeah I just don't see how there's a budget so I'm just kind of curious if the models are really even yeah I'm sure I mean I'm sure there's a lot of models out there I just don't I mean I don't, I, I don't yeah. think there's as much I mean, as there used to be I don't really do a lot of like work with models I no. obviously I do freelance and stuff and I don't really do that but um I mean, for me, I'm doing gigs like albums for people and stuff, like music albums and stuff. And I know that that's really never going to die out, I hope, (laughs) unless we stop doing physical. (laughs) I mean, you know, stuff like that. But, um, you know, there's still like, you know, they need like online catalogs and stuff. And like fashion photography is still a thing, you know, that probably won't. Is it? Mm, I I think so. I, and this, this is why this is where I feel bad like I don't I feel bad like maybe I'm not the right person for this interview because I I haven't been doing I haven't really been involved with that industry since 2003 2002 oh, wow. so, it's been a while so I mean it's just um, but it was an interesting ride while it mm-hmm. existed but um, but I mean I don't know and I don't care <laughs> I don't yeah. know I don't know well, I really you don't, don't need to care right now because yeah. you're not doing it right yeah yeah sorry Sorry, I don't care. Yeah, you don't need to be sorry. Okay. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Yeah, no, that's awesome though. It's cool, and it, I think I think it's kind of cool that you haven't really tapped into the industry since two thousand three, and then no. I think it makes for better like stories and perspective from you. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, perspective. Um, you know, looking back, I, I think there's, you know, it was, it was one one thing that was interesting was my wife and I went to. Uh, Bayfield, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. one weekend, and we went to the the, the island. We we hopped over to the island, and there was this um, there's this guy that um, I saw selling these. It was it was it was like an art fair mm-hmm. or whatever, and, and he's like selling these coffee cups with his his wife was selling these coffee cups, and he's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, I'm working with her and I'm helping her out and whatever, and he was a it turns out he was a big name photographer. Oh, interesting. He was a really big, you know, name photographer, and he did a lot of things. I can't quite think of his name right now, but um, oh God, Steve. Um, I can't think of his name anymore. But anyways, um, but it's just like, nah, he's got, you know, he's got no, no, he's he's not doing photography anymore. He's mm-hmm. not doing any of that. Anymore. He's just sold out and just like mm-hmm. down to. Uh, touristy boutique mm-hmm. tourist shop in Madeline Island, Wisconsin. <laughs> He's just living there and living with his wife and his yeah. wife runs this shop and it's just like it's like, yeah, I remember you were a big deal. You were a really big <laughs> deal. And, and look at you now. Oh my gosh, could you imagine? I feel like he remembers that interaction. But I wasn't, with I wasn't you. saying that, but right. I was just like thinking, well look at you now. But I bet he I mean I don't know if he would be the only one that's been like I know who you are, yeah. But I bet he's like I don't know happy. Maybe is that his retirement? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, and and there there was um, there's other guys I know. They're just like driving truck or they're wow. 
Or just that's kind of sad. Yeah, or yeah. they're driving, driving bus, or they're driving... Um, Trying to get you know, by doing... Doing whatever. <sighs> yeah. Mm. Yeah, because it's, Crazy, yeah. it's gone. It well, is. Finger Hut alone, I mean, Finger Hut Studio alone, they had... Um, oh, God, oh, there was this one art director at Finger Hut Studio completely lost his mind he during the during the time when we were really really busy yeah and fingerhut did did these catalogs yeah and this guy was an art director at fingerhut and i and i heard about um i came into the studio once and i go hey where's this um i don't want to say his name but um i go where's where's so-and-so and they go oh you didn't hear and i go no i didn't hear what happened they go, oh, he totally lost it. He, he, at work, he totally lost it. He he went berserk. He stripped down naked in the cubicle <gasps> and and started and and had all these signs in his cubicle saying, why me, why me, why me? Wow. And then he was running naked down the street. That's the story they told me. What is, that's a real story? It's a true story. Oh, my gosh. He lost it, and he just—he oh. freaked out. He—he—he he, he got so stressed out that he. Uh, oh my gosh. One can only do so many, um, you, know, you know, art director drawings of, uh, you know, phone clock radios and, you know. And, yeah. Uh, and and stand up vacuum cleaners. <laughs> oh my gosh. Because you know, that's what we were doing to figure out. We were doing vacuum cleaners and, you know, weed whackers and. Yeah, all the boring stuff. Crap! I mean, it's yeah. just all crap. Ugh. But he was—he was overworked. Yeah, was it's clearly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> oh wow! Did he ever come back? I don't know. I don't was that know. the end of his career? That was the end. Yeah. I go. Oh, that's gonna suck. Yeah. That's that's a good that's a, that, that's a good way to go though. I work seven to three. I'm out. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> I know. I'm out. Strip naked and run. <laughs> now I'm out. <laughs> That's a good way to go. <laughs> That's hilarious. I don't know if I'd, I've been in some. I mean, I mean, of all you, we've all been through stress. I, yeah. I've never heard. Have never had the urge to do that. I don't know. Yep. No. Yep. Yeah, mm, let me. Th- well. Mm, <laughs> nope. Mm, nope. <laughs> yep. Nope. Yeah, <laughs> Got no. nothing. <laughs> never had the urge to do that <laughs> yeah no that's that'd be horrible i could just see like maybe swiftly exiting and disappearing and, 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 then, and then what's it like after you spend some time at the clinic and the rooms with padded walls yeah then, right <laughs> and then you come back to work and you're like hey how about that twins game last night huh yeah, yeah. That was weird. you know you try to like yeah play it off i don't know if you, it off i like don't know if like, you can recover from that you try to like play it off like it never happened. Like yeah, you know, you know. don't worry, guys. I'm on medication. It won't happen again. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Like, what do you do? I feel like there's something that would need to change too in the workplace to I, remove the I stress. Think I, I think I would just move. Yeah, I think I think at that point, your reputation may be. Uh, it would just destroyed. be too, too awkward. <laughs> yeah, I think I would pack up all my shit on a weekend, yeah. on a Sunday, when nobody's there, and then leave a note and. Go to Canada. <laughs> yeah, to, maybe Zimbabwe. Oh, nice. Yeah. Whoa, really get out of there. Yeah, just yeah. Yeah, somewhere really remote. Yeah. Where nobody knows you. Yeah, that sounds great. You're kind of an introvert, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I 
I just pulled that name out of the sky. Yeah. Country. Are you an introvert, though? Mm. Introverted extrovert? I don't, I don't know. No, I don't, I don't. No, you're pretty social. I'm pretty sociable. Yeah. Yeah. You know a lot of people. I know a lot of people. Yeah, I know. But I, I've, calmed, I've calmed down a little bit, though. Really? Yeah. Do you kind of thrive yeah. on the social scene? So, like, doing all those photo shoots is kind of fun? Oh, I loved the social aspect of photography. Mm-hmm. I really did. Mm-hmm. I really did. I, re- I really loved I loved it when it was busy. Mm-hmm. You know, when the studio was busy. Even though I had a grunt job, I just loved, you know, just seeing the art directors come in and, and, and you know, you talk to them, you talk to the models, you talk to the freelance photographers coming in and just, you know, and, you know, when it was dead, it was just sucked. Yeah. Because then you do all the shitty jobs. Yeah. You know, that you, you know, like cleaning and organizing and stuff like that. And yeah. When it's busy, the... You know, everybody's in a good mood because everybody's making money. Yeah. And 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 the social aspect of it all, you you see all these people, and, and it's just like fun. It's just vibrant and fun and, and fun. exciting, and it's kind of like work. You ever work in a restaurant? Oh yeah. Yeah. So I mean, when you're in a restaurant, it's busy, and you know, if it's slow, like mm-hmm. think about when it's slow and you drop a coffee cup or something, and it breaks and yeah. shatters. Everybody dwells on it. Yeah. If it's if you're slow. Yeah. But if it's a busy atmosphere, yeah, nobody gives a shit. Yeah, you know, sweep it aside and we'll pick it up later. You know? Yeah, and we'll just keep going, and nobody really dwells on that. Yeah, you know, same thing in, in a photo studio. Mm-hmm. It's like if your background is working in a restaurant, you'll be fine as a photo assistant. Yeah, because it, it's it's a lot of hard work and it's yeah. a lot of it's busy and it's it's just like we got this and this that light went out we got to replace that right now oh, and you got because you got a you got a model on set and they're making cool. 150 an hour so we got to swap that head out as fast yeah. as possible and get a new head on there and you know and you're loading up film can you know the house of blood film backs and you're yeah. loading up the film and, and then you're you know like <clears throat> fun you know, yeah sometimes it was fun yeah yeah, I like that. I love the fast-paced environment. That sounds like a lot of fun. It, it was. Yeah, it was. It was when it was fast-paced and busy. And then, did I tell you we we did, um, we did a majority of Target's initial website photography. That's oh, really? That, yeah, we had it all. I mean, we were doing it all. We were, we did it all there. We did we did like the Ember's menus. We did um, Domino's Pizza. We did. Uh, we had Jesse Ventura come in one day. Cool. We had um, just um, God, what else we do? It was yeah. There was a lot of interesting clients we had come in. Um, so who else we have come in? Oh, we did uh, a lot of General Mills. Oh yeah. Photography. So yeah. A lot of cereal. Cereal. A yeah. Lot of cereal. Yeah. What you guys use for milk? Crisco. Yeah. Because it would stay still and whatever. Yeah. But, well, they have, you got, you got to be careful with food because they have truth in advertising laws. Oh. So there used to be, um, what what they used to do with like, um, like remember like alphabet soup or mm-hmm. like the soup with the vegetables? <coughs> what, they, what they would used to do is they would take a bowl and they'd put marbles in it mm-hmm. and that would push all the vegetables to the top. Mm-hmm. And all the noodles, well, the noodles were always floating because it was pasta. Mm-hmm. And the, but but the vegetables, you wanted to see the vegetables in the photo shoots. So they would put marbles in there and then push everything to the top, and they would take the picture. Um, and then so they got in trouble for that. 
because the laws came out and saying, well, it's got to be, it has to be the product out of the can, and it cannot be, you know, you can't just, they would, they, they, they would make their own soup sometimes, and they would pawn it off as, oh, yeah, this is a Campbell's soup. Oh, sure. But they would make their own soup, and mm-hmm. the homemade soup, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for the Campbell's soup ad. Yeah. But, but, um... Who didn't look the same or, or, at all? I don't, I don't know <laughs> if it was Campbell's, but but my point is, is that they they changed laws in saying this got to be truth, truthfully the product. Sure. So as a result, we would buy tons of ice cream or tons of, you know, like the product because we have to open up all these products and make sure that we you know get the best get the best get looking the best one. Looking one. And so, if it was an ice cream shoot, yeah. we would have, they wanted that perfect, sorry looking thing. Yeah. And so they would, we'd buy, just, we'd have cases and cases. Of, we didn't buy it. Did I say we buy it? We didn't buy it. We, the client would ship us cases yeah. and cases of this ice cream. Okay. And then we, and they would scoop and scoop and they would scoop and they would, um, they would get this perfect bowl or, or you know, ice cream cone with the perfect, sorry look. After you know scooping a hundred yeah. scoops, right, and then putting all those, all these balls of ice cream into the freezers, and we had lots of freezers, <laughs> so we had these freezers full of all these balls of ice cream. Whoa! And the art director, art director would pick out the right balls. Yeah. And then we would put it in there, and then as a result, we had to take all this ice cream home. Oh, you got to eat it. We got to eat it. <laughs> and I had so much food from all these photo shoots. And I would always, I always track my expenses. Every month, I always track where my money's going. And um, I can, I can guarantee you, my grocery bill for a month during photo assisting at these food studios was only thirty bucks a month. Wow! <laughs> <coughs> because I would bring home so much food. Oh my gosh, that's awesome! What because a perk! We, because we would, we would cater in. We cater in um, oh, the yeah. breakfast. We cater in the the lunches and we and you know like i can't you can't you'd you'd order something from from these restaurants and it'd be just too much food yeah and then we we so we'd bring home catered in food and then we'd be bringing in bringing home the food from these photo shoots leftover food from the photo shoots we had so much food we'd bring (laughs) home i i didn't have cook anything hardly i mean i didn't have to like go to nice i I hardly i hardly went to the grocery store yeah that's kind of cool yeah it was a nice benefit yeah but yeah that's awesome or pizzas or we did i think we did red baron pizza do you have ovens there too we had we had um two full-size the the last place i worked there we had two full-size kitchens oh wow okay so the kitchens were not only used the kitchens were used for preparing food for food shoots. Mm-hmm. They were also used for um, photography, like mm. like um, you know, like um, picture, a picture of mom. As a, you know, we'd we'd find a model who looked like a mom, and and, and she's you know, taking cookies out of the oven and oh. smelling them or whatever. Yeah. You know, like any lifestyle photo. Yeah. You know, so we'd make it look like. Um, lifestyle photography cool. in, in those kitchens yeah oh very cool yeah so it was very it kind of looked like a kitchen in a home not industrial yeah oh yeah. wow okay well we had um the second kitchen that we built was built in such a way where one wall had two 
two windows, and those windows face the, the, the rest of the studio. But what we did was we would bring in a wall that had, a, had, had like a blue wall, and we'd add, you know, clouds, and we'd add a tree. So, the, so beyond, so imagine you're taking the picture inside the kitchen area, mm-hmm. and we're shooting the models in the kitchen, and then beyond the wall was behind was the wall with the window and the window looked like the great outdoors cool because we would we would build a an outdoor set you would actually build the set yeah you could you could just build an outdoor set or you could use a stock photo to place in that window cool wow yeah yeah so you make it you make it look like uh the window was facing the great outdoors that's so so cool fun yeah and you know what was really cool um what was really cool was that we would um, we would mimic the day, daylight. So I learned how to, you could take a tungsten light and you could put a filter over it. Mm-hmm. And you could, you could get a Kelvin temperature reading of the sun. And then you could go in the studio and you could put a certain gel. You had all these warming gels, all these cooling gels, mm-hmm. and all these gels that would mimic daylight. Cool. So we put a, I remember it was a, a, a 2210 would mimic daylight. And if you wanted it warmer, you'd go with a warmer gel. Yeah. So you'd have this warm daylight, like, we, we would have like a, like a, we had a house in the Fingerhut studio mm-hmm. that was in the studio. <laughs> and we would have people sitting on the porch and you could have, you know, a sunset light hitting these people on a, on a porch. Cool. You could do... Wow. You could do, um, I mean, you could do anything in a studio. I mean, you could, from the right, you'd be surprised. I mean, with a little bit of siding and a window and a, and a porch, you can make it look like they're sitting on a porch outside. Yeah. If you want to. Or you could just save the hassle and go to somebody's porch. porch. And <laughs> shoot it outside. But yeah. what fun is that? Yeah, well, I know, right? <laughs> I remember, I mean, we, one time I was working with this these photographers, they were so creative. Um, like, we did this. We had to do this um, shot of a... The, the, it was like Coleman Tents or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, we want to get a picture of, 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 of you guys, of, of these guys camping. Mm-hmm. And we, we want the tent to look like it's in the great outdoors, whatever. But we shot it at just a, like a local park, like at like Calhoun Lake or something like that. I'm oh, sorry. Bedavid was like a sock whatever. <laughs> and, and so, I mean, we, we, we would position the camera in such a way so it would just crop out the f- whatever is in the background mm-hmm. and it make it look like it was camping, like, a, like, like they were at the boundary water cool. or something. Well, yeah, I mean, if you cropped it a certain way and if yeah, you had you, a little bit of water in the background and an evergreen tree, I mean, you can make it look like. Yeah. And how did you guys at the time put in water? Like add in, in like digitally. No, or? I'm just saying if you if you compose the picture where you had a oh. little bit of water in the background, whatever. Oh, I but see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I remember so one time like Dan, my friend Dan Peace, he like, he was like, he's taking this picture and he was like, but there's a freeway in the background. No, no, no. I got it, you know, set like this and it really looked. We could. I mean, <laughs> it, you had it with the right and that's composition. That's so cool because you guys just had to like physically manipulate the composition, whereas now yeah. it's like, oh, highway. Cut that out in post, like, yeah. nah, 
let's not. <laughs> I yeah. love that. I just love the idea of having to like write there, figure it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were very, I mean, these guys were so agile minded and so creative mm-hmm. and just, they could problem solve and just come up with any, it's just like, there's this one guy I know, he was so talented and, and he, and he had a hard time, he had a really hard time, you know, making photography as a business. Mm-hmm. He was always, he was, he was always at his wit's end with financially. Mm-hmm. And, but my God, the guy was so creative and he, and he always found a way to, he, he, he could think, he could, he could problem solve anything. He could problem solve so well. That's so cool. And he could, he could improvise. Impro- he was the most improvise he should have his picture in the dictionary next to the word improvise <laughs> he could I love that. he could do he could do anything he could do um we we did um carmichael lynch's hall of fame so the the job was carmichael lynch is, a, is an ad agency downtown and they had this hall of fame and the hall of fame was they had to photograph every single employee that mm-hmm. worked there mm-hmm. And they have they have a five by seven photograph of um, <laughs> the employees. Each employee had to get their picture taken mm-hmm. by by Dan and I, and um, and it was doing what you like to do in your spare time. Mm-hmm. So doing what you like to do in your spare time, and they would show up with their props. <laughs> I love that. And and you know some guys would just show up with a bunch of empty beer cans and they would just <laughs> like lay down and we had this we had this uh, we had this canvas and in the background and they would like you know like one girl brought her her tent and she like you know she's like you know coming out of a tent like this and then, like, <laughs> and then but like constantly that these people would show up and they'd show up with nothing for props and they would and then Dan would just like figure something out and he always had a he always had a solution he, really I mean, he was really he was he really was the king of improvising it that's just, so cool he was so good at it his name's dan yeah cool i didn't want to say his last name but no that's know. fine yeah um but it, i don't know why i didn't but anyways but i i i i, I think he was uh extremely creative extremely talented mm-hmm. just you know i you know yeah that's so cool. Yeah, he was he was really really good, and um, I remember one time um, there was a this guy brought in a horse. Oh, a whole horse. Yeah, and the horse took a dump on the, <laughs> on the canvas. No. Yes. Ew. Yeah. Gross. At the at the ad agency. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who had to clean that up? I didn't clean it up. Oh, good. I wasn't there. I heard about it, though. Oh, good. Oh, good. I was going to say, I hope you didn't have to deal with that. I don't know if I had a big enough shovel. (laughs) 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 Oh, gross. Yeah. It was, um, it was good. He, yeah, we did, um, oh, we did, um, well, Dan and I did Buffalo Wild Wings for a shoot. Oh, really? We went and, uh, we, we took a flight down to, Tennessee, mm-hmm. and we went through. God, oh God, I remember this one. Okay, there's this time. So Buffalo Wild Wings, actually a local company, but when they started out, they were there was very few here in the Twin Cities. Oh, weird. But they were all down south. Okay. They're very popular in the south. 
And so, so Dan calls me up. He goes, "Hey, we got a job. We're gonna go down. Uh, we're gonna fly down to Tennessee. We're gonna do some shots in, in Kentucky, and we're gonna do some shoots in uh, some, in Ohio, and then fly back." I swear to God, we probably slept three hours a night. We were working <laughs> so much, and um, we the first day we got there we flew to nashville and we left nashville for bowling green kentucky at this university and um yeah this art director's like yeah we're gonna get some shots and i thought we'd just you know use a real life environment and instead of using models we'll just you know like use like real people at a bar oh gosh and in other words you know Is that a good in, idea? in other words you know you got no budget for models <laughs> yeah so um so so dan is on a ladder and he's got his camera on this, he's up in this ladder and he's like taking pictures and this bar is crowded and there's lights, he's got lights set up all over the place mm-hmm. and he's like taking pictures and, and, and I'm like, people are about to trip on these cords mm-hmm. and you got cords everywhere. You know, so how, does, how does that work with like release forms? Do these people know that they're being I had to go around and make people sign model release forms. Oh my gosh, okay. Oof. So they're like anybody, yeah, like these pictures, people that are in these pictures, can you just go around and get like these people to sign these release forms? Well, okay. This sounds chaotic. That person's drunk. This person already left, and mm-hmm. that person doesn't want to sign. It's like, and then we made it work somehow. But it was, <laughs> but it was a, it was chaotic. Oh my gosh, that sounds like a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, crazy. It was, it was, um, it was fun. It was an interesting tour of uh, this. My first experience in Southern culture, and it's kind of, yeah, it was cool. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah, fun. I remember sleeping. <laughs> I was I was so tired on the on the way home from that job. We were flying back from Cincinnati to Minneapolis, and yeah, and I fell asleep, and I fell asleep with my head on the, on the, on that, you know, little mm-hmm. tray thing here. <laughs> and I woke up, and there's this. Like all this drool, <laughs> like drool all over my clothes. Oh my gosh, but that was embarrassing. That's so funny. <laughs> I do the second drool story today. Someone else told me they woke up in a pool of drool and had to like change their clothes, <laughs> like in the middle of their work day. I, I remember the plane was landing and my head was hitting this tray. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny. Yeah, and in those days it was at, it was before nine eleven. Mm-hmm. So I remember Dan just bribing. Mm. You would what you do is you bribe the people at the airport. They would you would give them a twenty dollar bill. It was the weirdest thing, and I was just like, "Dan, what are you doing?" And he goes, "Oh, that's how we get the gear on the plane." Because he had a whole cart, and the cart was oh my gosh, the cart was like six Huge. six feet long. It was a two wheel cart. It was six feet mm-hmm. long, four feet high, two mm. feet two feet deep, all of lights, grip case. You know, all the studio equipment. I mean, all this, all the photography gear we have. Yeah, yeah. And to get it on the plane, we, you, you, you can't just. We couldn't just like check it all in. We had, we had to get yeah. it on the plane. And mm-hmm. so he'd give the guy a twenty, and the guy would. This guy would get it on the plane for us. That's crazy. A that 20, would not happen. A, a twenty dollar bill. bill. Wow. That that's, would and they would put the it with the luggage or. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. That would not fly. <laughs> Literally, that and would not fly yeah. today. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we have a button for that. 
<laughs> I love That's that. That's cute. <laughs> um, yeah, but they were, uh, and then as the photographers would just cringe because they'd look out the window and mm-hmm. these guys would be throwing these cases onto that, that little, what do you call that little belt that yeah. where the moves the luggage onto, onto the plane. Belt, yeah. Conveyor belt, thank you. Hello. It's okay. And, um, and they would just toss this stuff yeah. onto the, onto the thing. It's like, well, this is photo gear. This it's is a, photo gear. Stop on. it. I know. You know these, oh. these lightheads are fragile kind of. Yeah. We to, so we had to pack them really well. So that they can take the mm-hmm. impact yeah. of being but tossed. Now, but now when you go on a location photo mm-hmm. shoot, you you either got to drive the distance mm-hmm. or you got to rent the gear mm-hmm. once you get there. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's a lot. Because of nine eleven, <laughs> thanks to nine yeah. eleven. But that's crazy. Yeah. Well, I don't know any more stories. <laughs> is is that where we end just <laughs> abruptly? I love it. <laughs> well, that's all for you folks. No. No, but those are some great stories. Thank you so you much can, for sharing. Yeah, you can be honest. You know. Not that they were okay. Do I do I look like a dishonest person? <laughs> no. What are you trying to say here? <laughs> no, it was great to hear um, all the stories. and you have, like, to, you have to realize I'm a photo assistant, so I'm not, you know, really, you know, I, I, not, you know. Very. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say there were great stories. Oh, yeah, because yeah. you're, yeah. Yeah. You're modest. Because, you, you know, your ego is just damaged from days of photo assisting. Is that what it is? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I bet. No, I bet. You bet your ego's just been stomped on by a bunch of bigger egos, right? That's kind of what it is, right? Well, you're used, yeah. You're, yeah, you've been used. You're used. Aw. Used like a wet rag. But I think you are a key element to all of the, a lot of photography that's out there. That's yeah. Been, you know, it's kind of cool. There was an article in the... Um, one of the pop, the popular photography, or whatever, mm-hmm. talking about photo assistant lifestyle, and it was kind of interesting. But yeah, but I I, I love that scene in Austin Powers where Austin Powers is doing the fashion photo shoot. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Mike Myers is doing the fashion photo shoot, and he goes, "Oh, I'm spent!" And he takes the he takes the camera and he flings it up in the air, and the photo assistant is like you know, <laughs> trying to trying to catch it so it doesn't. So the, you know, the $5,000 camera doesn't smash onto the floor. Yeah, because that's you. Yeah. That is you. You're like, no, 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 no. Shoot. Because you're going to get blamed for that one. No matter what, right? You'll have to I pay never, for that. I never did get my dream job as a photo assistant. There was a, I, I did read about a photo assistant once. Um, Sports Illustrated swimsuit photo, photo shoot where there was one photo assistant. One time I heard about this guy who had to hold up. A swim a swimsuit model, you know, is holding her up in the water. Yeah. You know, by, by holding mm-hmm. holding her buttocks up, you know, she was you know pressing up like that. I was like, I never did get that job. <laughs> That's a great photo assistant job, I right? I know. I know. You didn't get that one. I didn't get that job. Ugh. Dang it. Uh, well, no. maybe someday. But any 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 Leibowitz was in town once. Love and she, her. And she was taking pictures of Keanu Reeves mm-hmm. at Cedar Lake. And um, I was talking to this photo assistant friend of mine. And I was like, hey, what would you do this week? Oh, I just, you know, I had to work with uh, Annie Leibowitz. And it was Keanu Reeves. And, you know, it was, and I was like, oh, my God, you're kidding me. Ugh. She was in town. And That's so cool. Is Keanu Reeves from here? No. 
Why? Why he, here? I, actually, he's from Wisconsin. Okay. I, I read somewhere he's from Wisconsin. Hmm. But um, but yeah, once in a while there was some pretty cool. Um, you know, you you hear about these. I, I never got lucky to work with anybody that famous and mm-hmm. whatever. But um, but uh, but I just heard about my friend of mine who was a photosynthesis told me about the, about the job I got, and I was like, why don't I get those jobs? No? <laughs> yeah, why don't you get those jobs? Yeah, just know. kidding. I know it's it, it's yeah, it's cool. I really like Anna Lee. I can't leave leave Leibovitz. Why can't Leibovitz. I say it? Yeah. Come on, you're German. I know, Leibovitz. Leibovitz? Leibovitz? Well, now that I'm thinking about Leibovitz? it, I can't pronounce Leibovitz. it. I know, I, I don't know why. It's just I'm tired. I've, I know her name. Oh. I love her. She's one of my favorites. But yeah. She's good. She is good. Yeah, I think she'll survive. Yeah. She'll survive? Yeah, she'll, she's, she'll she's got by. a good following. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure she doesn't have, you know, her... Studio she's, gear stored in the basement somewhere she's in the show. Doing classes now. Like I always oh. see like take Anne Leavitch's Leavitch's <laughs> classes. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know how to pronounce it anymore. Leavitch. Leavitch. And if you say it too many times it's like whoa. I think we're overthinking it. I think so too. I think that's what's happening here. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming and talking. Is there yeah. anything else you want to wrap up with? And that was my interview with Britt Lee, talking about the days of photo assisting. I know. Exciting, I know. Um, Thank you for listening. Thanks, guys. That's Eric Hillman.